Welcome to Board Game Box Office Table Knots Podcast about board games, movies, and all the space in between. I'm Max. I'm Kyle. This is <laughs> happens every time. Happens every time. I even have I have the document pulled open and I wasn't looking even, at it. You even listened to last episode where Doolin did the same thing and then you still did it. Yeah. This is I see and and last time you said, Oh, so us introducing ourselves was just a one time thing, and now you know why. Yeah, I you know I think I I think I prefer you introducing me. I feel more special. Okay. I'm Max, and I'm joined here today by Kyle and Kenny. And today we're going to be taking a look at the top 100 lists. Who's right? Who's wrong? And what does it say about us? We're going to draft some movies and games from Board Game Geek and Letterbox top list. But before we get into that, what you've been playing lately, Kyle? Well, I'm nervous to talk about it. Why are you nervous to talk about it, Kyle? Well, because the last time I talked about a game. I got done, and Kenny said, Kyle, that sounds boring as shit. And I'm really nervous, and he, and fair, it was fair, uh, I'm really nervous to explain this game, and it also sound boring as shit. <laughs> so, so here's my thing, Kyle, I think you've talked about this before. Not on the pod. I think you have. Mm, I don't recognize I'm it. I'm like, almost certain. But I could be wrong. <laughs> I'm, okay, people, people, <laughs> listeners. The game I've played recently is called Radis. Now, I've only played it one other time. And the reason I'm bringing it up now is because I left it up to the Discord vote on what game I'm going to talk about. Because I've played a lot of well, games. that was your first mistake. And they voted on Radis. They sent the mm-hmm. little rat emoji. So, <laughs> if the people ask for the rat emoji, you give them it. All right. That's you know what you're right. It, at this point in time, it doesn't matter whether you've talked about it already. It really, I mean, I really do not recollect that at all. So it's like I that swear, episode didn't even exist. I, I swear you have, but I I don't know. Did you know? Uh, did you know, Kyle, that we did best movies and games of 2023 so far on November 27th, and we also did the best movies and games of 2023 so far on uh, June 11th. <laughs> I did not know that. <laughs> I wow. didn't either. It's like wow. it's like almost a five six month gap. That's fine. Yeah. It is. It is. It is a five. Every five time month gap, we do still. a top, we should say <laughs> we should do like so far top nineteen ninety nine games so far. We haven't yeah. played them all yet, so we got to right. That's right. We got to keep it going. All right. I don't know, man. Maybe you've never talked about Radis, but tell us how you feel. Well, let's talk about Radis then. Um, so Radis is as about as simple of an area control game as you can get. Uh, on your turn, you are going to put out uh, citizens, and the number that you get to put out is based on the number of rat tokens in the region, uh, which is either going to be zero to three. So if you pick a region like Germany and it has two rat tokens, you're putting two citizens there. And then you are going to move the plague doctor to an adjacent spot from where it's at and then flip over the rat tokens there. And then those rat tokens will either have a number on them, which tell you if there are this many citizens on there, then it triggers. And then it will have these symbols uh, that are related to cards. Um, and these cards are like player powers. Uh, so there are, there's like a deck of like 40 cards. Uh, you play with six of them each game just randomly, or you can pick which six you want. Um, and those six cards have powers on them that give each person a special ability. And But the problem is, like I said, those rat tokens have those symbols on them. So if you have the card with that symbol, your citizen dies. So you're really trying to balance out like, okay, I like that power, 
but it's going to give me a better chance of dying during a plague check. Um, and that's the entire game. And you go through this until all of the plague tokens are put out on the map. And whoever ends up with the most citizens on the board at the end of the game is the winner. Um, now there's a few more complexities than that very simple overview. Not many. Like I, I feel like if this is on BGA, you guys could jump right in right now and play after that explanation. But I surprisingly enjoy this game quite a bit. Uh, I don't know if it's the simplicity of it. I, I think there's some charm in the theme and the artwork. I'm not saying it's like the best looking thing of all time, but uh, I do like the the theme of like the Black Plague and like Rath are literally killing your citizens and it's kind of whimsical still. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's It's not a game that I should like based on the weight and like the simplicity and the luck factor. Oh my gosh. It's so, it's so luck dependent. Um, but yeah, I, I had a great time playing it with, uh, with three of my friends who are like more of like non gamers than gamers. Okay. Uh, I, I would say this passes the, uh, not boring check. So oh, thanks, yeah, Kenny. I think, I, I think yeah, the, the theme, theme this, is interesting. The enough. theme is interesting. Yeah. This is like very unique and kind of weird. And the fact that it's like Gary control to break, break my ears up. So, I think Dolan would love this game. Uh, I we Dolan is like really big into area control, and I do like he. We joke with him, but like he does like those like lighter. He or he doesn't shy away from lighter to medium weight. Like he definitely like embraces that style. So I think Radis is a game that I would suggest to Dolan first and foremost out of the out of the people in Table Knots. Um, mm-hmm. I I think you guys would enjoy it, but like uh, just. Uh, use a maxism like i i do not think you would love it especially like max i would find it hard that you would love it i it is it is a it's fine game um for sure. you uh but i mean what isn't really uh that's true like i mean it's not dune imperium and it's not Inish, so mm-hmm. it's not blood on the clock tower yeah yeah it's working it's got a lot working against it not being one of those three <laughs> yeah, things yeah, you it know? does radis <laughs> is not dune imperium is a big knock it's why i knocked it's it down a, to like a seven in my score yeah really a rough time for it but no yeah this sounds charming enough like i think we were we were underwhelmed with your description of uh meadow the other day because it's just like we've seen this all before right we're tired of nature it's just a matter of like okay this sounds like 16 other different yeah. nature themed games whereas like at least this is interesting and like a different theme and sounds like some unique mechanics that you might only found here so it may not knock our socks off but like at least for me like i would absolutely play radis before i played meta like again i'm sure meadow's fine i'm not i'm not trash talking that game but like as far as what interests me more radis certainly interests me more than meadow what like is this game like came out in 20 uh, 2010 like but i feel like it's had a resurgence within the past year or two like yeah i and I know, like, it was, like, on Mike Delizio's list from the Dice Tower for a bit. I think it's a re-release, right? A I think that's the version. big part of it. It was, like, Mike Delizio, when he joined the Dice Tower, like, he kind of championed this game. Mm-hmm. I had never heard of it, and I had been in the board gaming hobby for, like, at least four or five years at that point when he joined. And I was like, I've never heard of this game. Yeah, same thing. I haven't heard of it until, like, the past couple years either. And then he talked about it, and then it got a re-release, like Max said, like, a big box re-release, kind of similar to Hansa Totonica. So it's a big box game, but it's really... <laughs> in like a tick to ride size box and it just mm-hmm. has all of the expansions in it which mm-hmm. give you a, a like some universities which is kind of cool like gives you some which is a way to score extra points it gives you a lot more cards so i think it coming out in that package with the new artwork all the expansions in like a big box that's not like obnoxiously large and still like a 30 dollar game 
I think has helped it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is the, so the designer hasn't really designed much else. It seems. I mean, he like he has, but by that I mean nothing. Nothing real standout. Yeah, um, can you give the designer's here. name? I forgot. To... Uh, yes, it's Henrik Berg, I believe. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, it's but, published uh, by Z Man the... now. Are we sure on that pronunciation, Max? Nope. <laughs> nope. In fact, <laughs> I have uh, I have been getting wrong. Uh, Rafe Fiends for as long as I, I even after thinking I got it right I, I think it was episode one when I called him Ralph Fiennes and then I was like oh it's Rafe Fiends and no it's Rafe Fiennes apparently I've just been I've been getting it all wrong yeah it's actually Dennis Villanueva no it's not <laughs> no it's not what I think we should do Max is it like just lean into your Kentucky and this Get your Kentucky draw and just pronounce everything that way. Ray Fiennes. <laughs> Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes. That's pretty good. Hen- Henrik Berg. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. All right, Kenny, what have you been playing lately? Um, so you and I, we played a Manhattan Project Energy Empire last night. Uh, this mm-hmm. was released mm-hmm. in... What else did we play last night, Kenny? Uh, I lost every game last night, Max, so that was try- I was trying to get at. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's where I was trying to get you to go. Yeah. Um, you just you just couple, let it go easy. That was that was know, fun. Let's not let's just get it out in the open. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, sure. Um, get it out of the way. Some of the games I, I attempted half heartedly. It's like yeah. I don't care. Let's just go. Can we talk about how at one point in time you were winning in uh what was it? Revol- Re- Revolver Noir. You were mm-hmm. up one to zero and you were like, yeah. I give up. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't that I it's not that I gave up. It's that I kept like I was cheating on accident. I was getting things That's mixed true. up, so I was like, "I let's just." <laughs> he I, just threw in the towel. He was like, it, "All right." And it's like an deduction game. Like if you like make a mistake uh, in what you give to the opponent, like it's gonna screw up yeah, the game. Yeah, it's gonna but... mess it all up. Yeah. Game sounds dope. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it did seem like a game that Kenny was not enjoying, but he was like, "You know, it's pretty, pretty clever, pretty fun is... game." But man, he did not seem like he was having fun. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. I, I think it's a game. Okay, let's talk about Ball Noir. I, I think it's a game I admire more than I like. I think. Um, but I think. But again, I'm on the button. I shy kick, so I think I, I pick it up. It was. Uh, mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, we played a lot of button. We played Manhattan Project Energy Empire. This is like a worker placement, tableau building, uh, resource managing game. So this might also get the boring as shit uh, uh, feeling, but I think this game is stellar. This is designed by Luke Laurie, and it's kind of in the. The original Manhattan Project came out like in 2012, and that was like a pretty much straightforward, very like intro um, worker placement game with a bit more conflict to it, because um, you could like actually build atomic bombs and bomb other players and stuff like that. Um, is that something? Did you ever play that, Kyle? I did not. Um, my friend Chris is, uh, has one of the Manhattan Projects. I can't remember which, and I just mm. never never got it to the table. But I love the theme, obviously. Yes. Oppenheimer. And this is and this is a theme I really like too. For it, and this one isn't. There's no bombing each other or anything like that, but it's actually about like building like a an industrial complex or like um, the power sources to like fuel society um, based off you know you go green and go like create like a solar energy, solar energy or wind farms, or you can just say get coal mining um, for everyone or petroleum mines. Yeah, Um, (laughs) they they yearn for the mines. Um, so one of the things I really liked about the Manhattan Project, Manhattan Project Energy Empire, is the uh, tableau building aspect. Because basically, you're going to like draft cards from or 
purchase cards from like the board, the main board. And if you ever activate one of the three sections, you can then activate one of those cards in your tableau. And so like, you know, it kind of starts off small, like where you may have like one or two cards that you're putting your resources to, to like kind of run your engine. But as the game goes on, like near like um, round five or six, like they just go. Like there's a turn like where I like had my, you know, my set number of like resources and uh, things like put onto the board. And then I ran my engine and boom, just everything went off. Um, and it was like, that was very satisfying and very fun. Just kind of like figure out little combos that, you know, this card feeds into this card, which gives me stuff for this card. And I was like, yes, I, I love this. Um, yeah. it, it is a lot, it's, it's also not like a very restrictive worker placement game. Like if you have, there's, there, it is tight in a way, but also not. Cause like you, you can go anywhere on the map on the board, as long as you're willing to put resources towards it. Um, but like resources can also just get really tight and, um, yeah, it's, I, I, I love it. It's it, like, I was telling Max last night, like this really a shot up to like be like one of my favorite worker placement games after like That's awesome. one multiplayer play. Like I've played it one or, once or twice solo. Um, but like, uh, it, it really does, uh, still really, really good at multiplayer. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, you, you should definitely try this. I think I, think I would love this game. Like, yeah, it was I like really fun. Glory. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, obviously like the theme is cool, but not anything crazy. Uh, but I really, really liked it a lot more than I expected to even. Uh, Kenny basically, you know, he covered most of the grounds. It's it's real pacey. <laughs> In fact, maybe maybe too pacey sometimes. <laughs> there yeah. were multiple times where we were like, wait, whose turn is it? Because I was impatient. And so Kenny would like take his turn. And while he's like kind of cleaning up, I would do mine. <laughs> and then he would like finish cleaning up. Be like, it's your turn again. <laughs> like, like <laughs> come on, let's go. <laughs> like, let's get back to it. Uh, but yeah, it's it was really fun. Um, there's like a, an element of like, there's an element of strategy in not using your workers because by not using your workers, you can pick up achievements yeah. and also you can generate quicker. So like by generating, you're going to create more energy for yourself. You're going to get your workers back. So there's like a kind of an ebb and flow element of trying to utilize all your workers in a strategic way that kind of gets you the most things. But also at the same time, like if you can, you may just kind of want to like throw them down as quickly as you can to generate back again and get them all back. Because if you're gaining stuff from it, it's good to get them all back again. And of course, that comes from having a built out tableau, which ultimately I think, Kenny, your tab, my my tableau was like, oh, cool, I get some plastic. Um, but plastic for me was victory points. So I did end up winning the game. But Kenny's tableau was a lot cooler than mine. Where he's like, oh, I'm doing this, which means 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 I'm getting this many coins. And it was crazy just trying to watch him like put that all together. So uh, I do think it's it's almost like a little playground of sorts where like obviously yeah, you want to win. But at the same time, like you're kind of just given a lot of tools and it's not a very like punishing game. Um, there is things that, you know, are banned. You have to put smog on your board, which is negative point, And then you have to find ways to recycle and clear up that smog and things like that. But all in all, it's a pretty, it's a pretty free flowing worker placement game where like things don't feel all that restricted. So it really feels like a playground where you're able to do a lot of cool things. And I mean, maybe, maybe that'll change in a higher player count game. Of course, we just played a two player. Uh, but in our in our two player game, even with the the dummy player kind of making a couple spots harder to go to, I mean, I had a fantastic time. I thought it was a really really great game, and I totally recommend it. Okay, I have several hundred questions. I've, yeah, go I have ahead. a lot of questions uh, uh -huh. or co or comments. First off, 
I love hearing somebody get excited about a, a game or like talk about it being one of their favorites, like shooting up their top hundred list. I like I love hearing stuff like that. It mm-hmm. really like that's the fun of the hobby when you when you discover something something like that. Um, my second thing is like, so do you think this game is bet would be better at three and four just because of the worker placement maybe being tighter? I think so. I think they'd be different. I think it kind of just depends on what you want. Uh, if you're someone who wants it to be tighter, then yeah, you probably would have a better experience at three and four. If you're someone who wants the playground, you'd probably enjoy it more at two, where you're just able to get more stuff done, I think. Uh, which I think is the case with a lot of worker placement games. So it kind of just depends on, are you looking for a little bit heavier interaction, more blocking, more tight, like constrained feeling? Or are you looking to just kind of build as much stuff as you can? Because it kind of, I guess it would depend on which one. But it is like, uh, it's that kind of like Everdell almost type game loop where like our turns aren't, it's not like we each pass at the same time. Um, And it's not like Arnak where you pass and then wait for everyone else to pass and then start again. Like as soon as I pass, I get my stuff back and I go right back to it. So there's no like downtime as far as like, okay, my turns are over until Kenny uses all his workers. It's just you're just going back through it uh, constantly cycling through. So, uh, yeah, I think it just depends on what you're looking for as far as player count goes, but, and, uh, one last comment. So, uh, a couple weeks ago you had played it, you and Doolin played apiary and you had posed the question to me and Kenny is apiary this good or have we been playing the wrong euros? So I want to know, and I, I played apiary and I liked apiary. Did, uh, energy empire give you that same kind of feel of like where you got excited after playing it? Like, wow, this is, this is a cool thing it's doing. Yeah. I think energy empire is probably better than apiary, but I did, I do still, I'm still not off like the apiary high. Like I, I did really like apiary, but it's not, it's not a top 10 worker placement game, top five worker placement game or anything. I really enjoyed it, but it isn't mind-blowingly good. And I guess, I don't know if I'd... I hesitate to say that this is mind-blowingly good either because I just don't have enough experience with work replacement. But, like, this was this was better. It was really good. It gave me the same kind of feelings of just like, yeah, man, that was surprising. I really want to go back to that. I think a lot of the reason the Apiary surprised me too is just that I'm not a Stonemeyer person. So yeah. it's like, I was I was just expecting less, and it kind of exceeded expectations. Um, whereas this one, I really had no expectations other than Luke Laurie. So I was like, okay, well, I know, I know Dwellings of Eldervale. Like I know that that guy's a good designer. So, and of course, you know, Connie Vogelman, it was her first foray into, into board game designing. So it's just a lot more unknown for me when it comes to that, even though it's Stonemeyer, it should be the most known, but, uh, yeah, no, I liked them both uh, a lot and Apiary will still be one of my favorite 2023 board games. Uh, but I do think Manhattan Project is, is a, a more exciting worker placement game yeah and i think manhattan project energy empire is like significantly better um i think it's like it's like i have that feeling like playing a game's like oh this is special like there's there's something about this game that is just like oh this is like midway through you're just like wow this is this is great i'm having a great time this is unique and it does something different that i haven't seen before Mm -hmm. um it it may exist somewhere else but like i think when you factor in like the package and presentation and the theming and all the components are really good too yeah i agreed um and yeah, and and like Apiary, like just you know, I I, I play the game. I didn't have that. This is a special thing. I I got a feeling like this is solid. Yeah. Um, and like I I this would all Apiary also fall on my um top ten list for the year. Um, but not like oh, yeah, same probably. But but not like you know, 
it's not gonna it's probably not a game i'm gonna like jockey to get to the table a lot like but this is a game i i'm excited to get to the table again with like max and Doolin and like when mm-hmm. you come down here like i would definitely play this with you oh yeah we we have to like this is yeah. already automatically shot to the top of my list of what i want to play with y'all when i come down yeah, i think you'd love it i really do yeah and then next uh we played a game called yinch now i didn't think to look this up this is from a game collection is that correct kenny uh yes yeah. it's like uh, games like devon and um what's devon? that called i know that's what i, <laughs> I was trying to ruin it. i was hoping one of you would know it's from like a collection of abstract games it's uh devon gif linked punked i think there's, uh, I are they the gif the gif series Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's right. It's all made by the same designer, and they all have, like, these nonsensical five-letter word names. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, Chris Byrne is the designer, but, uh, yeah, the GIP series of abstract board games. So this is Yinch, which, just by a quick look on Board Game Geek, it is the highest rated of the bunch at 227. But, I mean, heck, he has four different abstract games in the top 1,000. That's pretty sweet. (laughs) And they're themeless, so that's kind of interesting. But, so we played Yinch. Uh, we pulled it out, and then kind of immediately, Kenny was like, ah, "I don't know about. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be able to learn this because we literally like unshrink wrapped it, like we hadn't learned the rules or anything." But um, I think we played it correctly. After a quick four minute YouTube video and a <laughs> one minute look through the rule book, it all made most sense. Now we are, uh, obviously did not play well. You know, yeah. we don't abstract games are abstract games. You got to learn how to play them. Um, and we knew the rules, but not necessarily the strategy. But this is a really interesting game. I, I championed it as uh, Go for Idiots, but realistically, it's probably more like Connect Four for smart people. Uh, <laughs> because they're, you know, it sounds better. I, I like self deprecating humor, so Go for Idiots makes more sense to me than Connect Four for smart people. But it really is more akin to Connect Four, where you're trying to get a row of five. But the cool thing is, it's first to three points. And the way you mark a point scored is you remove one of your pawns, basically. So we each start with, I think it's four pawns, could be five. I don't, I'm not remembering enough right now. Uh, but we each start with four or five pawns, and there's circles that are hollowed out in the middle. And basically, on your turn, it's like you move on a straight line. You decide to move one of those pawns, and you place a chip in it, your color side up, in there. And then you move it on a line. But whenever you jump a chip, whether it's your color or the opponent's chip color, you flip them. So you can flip your own to your opponent's and your opponent's to yours. And essentially, you're just trying to make a row of five, in which case you remove those five chips and you remove one of your pawns to place down in the scoring section. So you're trying to get to three points. So, for example, I scored first. I don't quite remember if I scored second, too. I think I scored second, too, meaning I had two less pawns than Kenny did. But then Kenny was able to score two times in a row because he had kind of just more area control. He had more pawns. It's a nice little catch-up mechanic. Um, I was able to uh, close out the game. And there's a lot of strategy, I think, in like blocking your opponent because they can't jump over your rings, your pawns, but they can jump over the disc. It's very interesting. I liked it a lot, actually. Um, and, I mean, game time, I think on the box, that's 30 to 60 minutes. I think we probably played it in 20. I mean, it was, it was yeah, pretty it was breezy. I mean, obviously people that know how to play more probably sit there and think of their moves a lot longer than we did but yeah this is i i I really like this it's abstract is a tough genre because there's just a lot of them 
but this was really fun in my opinion and i would absolutely like i might i might eventually acquire it or if kenny gets rid of his maybe get it i just don't know who i'd play it with is the problem i i think it was a lot of fun but how often am i going to put it on the table is really the difficulty but what do you think about this one kenny yeah i liked it a lot as well it took like you know a few turns to kind of grok like what i'm doing but it did the i think the loop of the game is pretty pretty straightforward and i i thought like looking at the board would be really hard to suss out like what i'm even doing or mm-hmm. the, the the games the board state but it was actually once you kind of understand the movement of like the pieces and which which is pretty simple uh kind of seeing like the game state became pretty easy mm-hmm. um yeah and i i i really enjoyed it like uh it's just like a really like re- reduced down like presentation wise like it's just mm-hmm. like uh, a a whiteboard with like an isometric design on it and then like the the components are pretty nice but like just very like simple and understated but it it works for this kind of game um especially for like an abstract design um but yeah like i i like abstracts um i'm not i'm pretty bad at them overall <laughs> but it, this is an, this is a really nice one that isn't and it kind of like the like a game like you could introduce to someone who has no conception of what like modern board game design is and they won't be scared off by like uh, a theme or anything like that and they've played connect four and tic-tac-toe before so like it mm-hmm. they, it kind of resonates with them yeah and like well it, like if you try to introduce something like mythic mystery to them which has you know extra layers of rules and just mm-hmm. like has like mm-hmm. a art and presentation that like may scare off some people like this is just like so like kind of classic looking and like um clean that like i think it it would appeal to most people. So yeah, hundred percent. It's also just incredibly like tactile, mm-hmm. like this, the same feeling you get with Azul where you just have nice chonky plastic pieces yeah. that are high quality. And it's just really, it's just really a satisfying game to play. I don't know. I really liked it quite a lot though. So I was uh, very impressed. Kenny, Kenny brought over two games and played them both, loved them both. So good job, buddy. There you go. Beat you Kenny, both too. Kenny has good game taste. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I agree. It's a shame about movies. I'm just kidding. Actually, <laughs> I think I think he does have pretty good movie taste. But yeah, no, Yinch was uh, Yinch was a blast. Big fan of that one. I would be happy to play it again. I I want to play Yinch. Um, just because of like all the years here in Z talk about it. Um, but abstracts are kind of weird. I think I fall in the same realm as both of you where. I like abstracts, but I never really think about them. Like I never, they never like jump to the top of my want list. Um, mm-hmm. like where like energy empire is like something when you guys are talking about it, like I immediately started looking about it on Amazon. I was like, I wonder how much this game costs. Yeah. It's like, that's the kind of thing that like really interests me in like purchasing where I'm like, Oh yeah. Yinch, I'd like to play. I hope it, I, it's like laying at a cracker barrel table one day. So I can play it. But <laughs> that's, a, that's an oddly specific and also very accurate uh, request. You're like, yeah, that would be a game that I would love to see at a Cracker Barrel table one day. Kyle, tell us about what you've been watching lately. Okay, boys. <laughs> boys, I watched possibly the worst movie I've ever seen. And I'm only talking about it as a PSA for the audience to not watch this movie. And if you have seen it, I'm so sorry. And if you went to the theaters, I'm even more sorry. This is, I think it's from 2017, movie called The Circle, starring Tom Hanks, Emma Watson, Karen Gillan, Patton Oswalt. It's got an all-star cast. I saw it on Netflix. It was like new to new streaming, like popular streaming. I, I saw the cast and I was like, 
I've never heard of this movie. And the plot sounded semi-interesting. It's about this tech company. Think Facebook meets Apple is obviously like kind of running the world. And uh, Emma Watson starts working for them. And she starts getting a little weirded out because they're like really trying to be big brother and monitor everything. Like they're putting cameras all over the street so they can look at, watch everybody. They're even like putting cameras on people. So like everybody's what they call is like translucent or whatever. So I was like, well, that plot sounds interesting. That cast sounds interesting. I'm going to start it. Me and Megan, we started it up. And then about five minutes into it, I was like, I wonder what this got on Rotten Tomatoes because I've never heard of this movie before. And it's like 23%. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> like, what, what did I do? I was like, there's no way it's this bad. Like, you cannot mess up this cast. Like, it, these people are nuts. And my God, they were not nuts. It was so effing bad. And it's bad because it's like they don't, they didn't even know like plot structure. The the script writing was like very vanilla. They did not utilize the talents of their actors at all. Plot, like you're supposed to be like ominous and scared of this company. And they never really explain like why they're bad other than that they are a tech company that have cameras. And I just, the entire time I was like texting my friends. I'm like, this movie is so bad. I think I probably sent it like four times. And then we didn't finish it in the, the same night, and I ended it uh, the next day, and I texted them again, like, I can't believe this movie got made. And my friends were like, how are you still on this? And this is how bad it was. <laughs> like, I was like, it was just, it kept surprising me. Uh, just like, just the, there's no real spoil in it, because nobody's going to watch this. But no. the ending is like, okay, so Emma Watson, uh, like, falls into this corporation's trap, and she, like, becomes one of them, like, starting to say, like, what if every Facebook user has to be a voter or you can't even vote until you have a Facebook account or a circle account, whatever it is. And they're like, haha, you're yes, let's rule this. Let's rule the country. And then she's like, Oh no, this is bad. We can't do this. She like really, she flips really quickly uh, back to the, back to the good side. And so like at this like big, like team meeting, she's like, guess what? We hacked into your emails and now they're there for everybody to see. And Tom Hanks just like, Oh, we're so f and then credits roll. Like you don't even know what they did. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you don't know on. what the emails you don't know what the emails say or anything. Oh. So yeah, it like so goes nowhere. It goes nowhere. Uh it's uh, yeah, I just I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it with the okay. cast they had. And it's based on a novel too. Like you would think something that had like a source material, you'd be able to get that right apparently not <laughs> no yeah i was wondering if it was like the room level acting or not what it bad. was that made it so terrible but it's it really like the kind of editing everything. it's really the yeah. editing and the writing was the worst part uh okay. because like obviously the actors are competent actors uh the director ended up being is like not some. i don't know if i've seen any of his movies but like he went on to direct like some tv shows that were like have high praise and high regard hmm. so it's like they were comp. The people making the movie was competent, and it's just, uh, yeah, it, it had to be all editing and producing. Yeah, yeah. Nobody this watched is not this. anything. I'll ever, I'll ever. Nobody check like. Out. I know, like somebody like Logan will be like, "Huh, this movie sounds bad. I'm gonna watch it to see how bad." <laughs> Don't. <laughs> yeah, he he's uh, the director of Shrinking, which I've heard is really good. Yeah, Shrinking's great. Yeah, I really like Shrinking. And Master of None. He's the director of Master of None. Okay, or at least a couple episodes. Yeah. Okay, but I guess TV series are weird where it's like he directed four episodes of Shrinking and two episodes of Master of None. 
So like, you know. But still, like still competently. Those are two like pretty something. like prestige good TV shows. Daisy Jones and the Six. But yeah, okay. So apparently the circle is just that bad. Good to know. Yeah, I mean I didn't have any intention of watching it anyways, but it's it's definitely it's definitely off the any kind of watch list ever. It seems like a concept too that might just get worse with age, like uh talking about like social media and like our presence online and stuff. Realistic. Like, yeah, I mean or or just like it's just kind of I don't know. Like well, in ten years, like social media and tech itself is gonna be just so wildly different that like this is gonna age like poop, you know? Like a yeah. fine poop. <laughs> poop actually ages like semi well. It hardens, stops smelling, you know. Oh my uh, god. It's true. Like, it becomes a fossil. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I was actually, uh, I, I recently watched The Social Network, and I was kind of wondering how that would translate into 2024, but uh, it's still great. I will say The Social Network is better than The Circle. Oh, I'm, really? I'm, oh, really? I'm brave okay. enough hot, to say. Hot take. <laughs> Why would you say something so controversial? <laughs> uh, so, you, you know, know, that's why you brought me into the podcast for the, the right. hot takes. <laughs> you're right. I I really like uh, Emma Watson. I like her quite a lot from Little Women, though she doesn't have like a super, super big role in Little Women. But she is one of those actresses that I feel like just never really found a great footing after Harry Potter. Uh, I mean, that's oddly specific, yeah. but after after being successful in something, she never really seemed to found a footing, find a footing in in much else. I I remember her in Perks of Being a Wallflower was pretty good as well, but like that's like Beauty and the Beast is fine. I like, mean, I don't she. Know. I'm she is like a, a fine actress. I think she got kind of lucky with Harry Potter because none of the kid actors in like movie one are good. So it's like Yeah. She I mean they definitely get better as the movies go, but I I think you're kind of seeing that with like uh what Rupert Grant too. Like has yeah. he done much? Well he was he I th- I actually thought Rupert Grant was really good in uh Knock, Knock the, cabin, the Cabin. But yeah. other than that, I don't know what else he's been in really. He's he's at steady work. He's done like a lot of TV stuff too. So, um, but okay, yeah, uh, Cabinet of Curiosities, Snatch. Okay, yeah, and then uh, T- Daniel Radcliffe just does whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. Which I guess maybe that's what they're all doing. So good for them. They got the bag, and they're just like, meh. I'll work on whatever I want to work on. Exactly. I don't think like they have to like try to st- strive for like mainstream success. Uh, they can kind of yeah. just like live their lives and do what interests them so yeah i mean good for them yeah emma yeah. watson was probably like oh wh- oh tom hanks is in this movie yeah okay sure yeah, yeah. Like, she probably didn't even read the script yeah it's like oh, i get to work with tom hanks why not he's also had what a he's in so many movies that are just he's had, so he's had some rough stretches man yeah so I used, interesting i still love tom hanks i think he seems like uh a good guy and he obviously has some good movies but yeah, he is real. You cannot say well, like, oh, he, Tom Hanks is in it. It's going to be good because that is definitely not the case. Yeah. I mean, he's past his prime at this point. He's just appearing in, in lots of stuff. But I mean, if he's having fun with it, good for him. Good for him. What was I going to say? Uh, what was the movie? Oh, yeah. Man I, Called Auto. I, so terrible. Worst movie of ever. Worst movie. Hold on. Hold on. Tom Hanks is like, if you take like Tom Hanks' best 10 movies, they're going to be better than like most people's no doubt. best. That's not yeah. what we're saying, Kenny. He's been like yeah. 200, though. It's like Rainer Listen. Knizia. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's going to have like his arc like Nicolas Cage. Like he's going to, he's making his bad movies now, but he's going to come back and make some bangers. How Don't worry. How old is Dude. Tom Hanks where he's coming back? Have you seen Elvis, Kenny? No. He was Jesus. awful. 
Really? He's awful in Elvis. The movie sucks. I actually like the movie, but he's awful in it. I've not seen a Tom Hanks movie in probably like like five years. So, oh my god, so how are you even? So just... I do think that the last good Tom Hanks movie was probably Sully. Uh, like you can't really say like Asteroid City is not a Tom Hanks movie, right? Like he's in oh, but it. He was but good like, in it. Yeah, no, he was. I agree, but that's not a Tom Hanks movie. So like even before Sully, which was 2016, you've got like Captain Phillips with 2013. And that I don't movie's know, not man. bad. I like Captain yeah. Phillips. But then it just, yeah, it gets hard. I don't know. The Da Vinci Code in 2006. I've not seen it, but I've heard it's awful. It's fine. Polar Express. Oh, come on. That's Kenny. Polar Express. Oh, man. Polar Express is bad. Yeah. I thought people like that movie. I've never seen they it. They do. They do like that movie, but it's not good. I think it's, it is just like watching it. I try to watch it this past Christmas, and I was just like, what are they trying to show kids in this movie? This is yeah. insane. Um, but Was it like murder? Yeah, no, I'm just, no. <laughs> it's just like a ton of murders, like over and over again. <laughs> All right, Kenny, All right, what you been watching? Uh, so I gotta watch this. I gotta watch a good movie. Um, oh, a very good, good movie Lucky. called The Favorite. Um, this is by uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, and this is like the first Yorgos Lanthimos movie I've seen because we're gonna be because uh, I'm gonna be watching Poor Things pretty soon. Um, but this is a kind of a period piece uh, set like in 18th century England in Queen Anne's court uh, where a Queen Anne's kind of like this frail and broken queen um, who is guided by her friend um, played by Rachel Wise um, and her childhood friend uh, to clarify but uh, Emma Stone plays like a distant cousin of uh, Rachel Wise that comes into court um, kind of like as with nothing and kind of rises through the ranks and wins Queen Anne's favor. And it's really a story about like these three women and their relationship and just how awful and mean they are to each other. Like this is, even though it is like, a, like, you know, said in like the finery and beauty of like, uh, a court, uh, of like in, in England in the 18th century, this kind of plays out the dialogue and the way they talk to each other uh, feels like something out of like Mean Girls or Heather's. It's, it's like really biting and like uh, acerbic. Like it is just like mean. And it's like I, that's because I, I usually am not drawn to these kind of movies. But uh, like first five minutes, I was like, oh, I'm in. This is fantastic. Um, and it's a really like it, it's, it's so well done. Because I think like one of the great things about the movie is that like you you, you have you it's a movie like where you you're perspective and opinions on the character shifts like pretty dramatically through the movie um like how i felt about rachel weiss's character at the beginning changed completely by the end i empathize with her much more same thing with emma stone the same thing with uh olivia coleman who played queen anne um it, it does that so incredibly well um it's also a movie that like uh it just i don't just i think it's just really incredibly well written like it's uh in terms of the playback and dialogue between the characters and just the structure of the movie just moves along so, so well. Um, I thought it was great. Like, I think Nicholas Holt plays a character who plays like in a kind of a, I, I'm not even sure. Like what, what do they call the guys back then who like wore the wigs and the makeup and all that. Maxi watched more of this stuff than Jesters, I do. Jesters, do I? Dukes? Yeah, like, Dukes, you know, like a, like a, a rich Max, nobleman right. of the time. Max is always watching this shit. What do you mean? He's right. 
<laughs> what do you mean I'm always watching Victorian age things? Okay, well, okay, but okay, Danielle, this and Danielle watch the a lot crown. of Victorian. She does. She does watch a lot of Victorian things, but so I, I would figure by association you would have too. If yeah. Danielle was here, she could probably tell you what tell what question what you're called. asking. Yeah, I, <laughs> it doesn't matter. I couldn't tell you. I I've not seen the movie. I can't believe you're not telling us what they're called. It's just unreal of you. You know what? You're right. <laughs> is it like a you talking about like bureaucrats or something? Like, yeah, it's like a rich bureaucrat. That's basically it. Wow, well, see, so you got um, it. Wood you got boy it. is what I call. Um, <laughs> but he plays the character as like so deeply, intensely like unlikable um, that, and he does it so well. He he was great in the movie. Um, I'm just gushing about this movie. I loved it. Um, Keep going. Yeah, there's something I, I I would encourage you all to watch it. Like uh, I this can't actually, wait this, to watch it. Yeah, I'm very you, excited. Um, this Olivia Coleman won Best Actress for this too. Mm-hmm. Um, back in 2018, She's great. Yeah, and this was like this was 2018 was here like it was a huge blind spot for me like movie wise because uh, I was the year my daughter was born or after um shortly after it so like I I saw nothing that year mm-hmm. so like going back this was pretty well claimed back then but like going back to it was like now like five years later is like like a revelation I was like oh my god this is what a movie um the only critique I'd have is like I think like there's some of the it's like a pretty straightforward movie. Like I, I've heard like a lot of the Yorgos Lanthimos movies are buck wild and just uh, visually different and unique. And this movie isn't that so much. There's definitely scenes like that where that, that hits. Um, but some of his like shot decisions and just like how he frames things, like he uses like a lot of like a uh, fisheye lens. Yeah. For that scenes. doesn't go away. It doesn't. No. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. You'll see a well, lot then, of that in poor things. Yeah. Which is like, cause like the, the filming of this feels very modern, even though it's like in like, um, it doesn't feel like a BBC show or something like that. Mm-hmm. So it, it feels like very modern. And be, I think some of that is because of his decision to use like mm-hmm. fisheye lens and things like that. But sometimes just it, it sometimes like some of the shots you get set up and like why why are we doing it like this? Um, there's like a lot of shots where like you're actually looking upward at the characters, like you're almost like looking up their nose, which I guess makes sense of like their nobility and like we're peasants. Um, but you know it happens a lot, and you're like okay, I I get a guy. Let's let's well, move on from this. Well, he does that. Like so, I just saw Poor Things, and I also just watched Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, and like it was one of those things where it was it was happening so much. I'm like, this has to mean something. Like, what does this mean? And I was like, I reached out to Max. I reached out to a couple other people, and they're like, I I just think he's a weird guy. Yeah, <laughs> so pretty much. Like, I just think he likes him. Man. Yeah, I just think it's, he liked it. Yeah, it's just what he it wants mean to do. Anything. <laughs> it's All interesting. Right. Good to know. All right. Um, because we, Kyle and I have both seen poor things. Can you'll be seeing poor things soon? But then you've seen the favorite. Kyle has seen the killing of the sacred deer, and I've seen the lobster. <laughs> so we've all seen a different second uh, Yorgos Lanthimos. But no, he's one that like his his whole filmography. Uh, I think basically starting with Dogtooth and ending with Poor Things are like I really want to watch them. And you know, if we are all interested in that, an episode on Yorgos Lanthimos would just be sick. Um, I think The Lobster is great. I'll be very interested to see what you all think about that as well. But one thing you mentioned, Kenny, um, about how like he's so weird and unique, and or or how you heard that rather, how you heard that like everything was going to be super weird, and I do think that's probably the case with poor things. But The Lobster is The Lobster is weird, but like it's not like I really don't even know how to describe it. I think it's probably similar to the favorite in that like. It's grounded in reality. The lobster mm-hmm. is still grounded in reality. It's very weird. 
but at the same time it's like it doesn't feel crazy i don't i really don't know how to frame it but um, i wonder if when you get around to watching them if you'll kind of like if you'll feel similarly that that yorgos lanthimos is just kind of a weird guy but like his movies are still fairly grounded i don't know sacred deer is kind of a weird one in terms of like it is grounded for a little bit but not completely yeah and his directing choices for the actors is so interesting i can't wait to talk about that movie do I, you know saying, go ahead sorry so much, no i was like i know we're doing it for the for the podcast so i don't yeah. want to say too much but yeah it's that's gonna be a fun one to talk about because it is it's different than poor things and it sounds different than the favorite but it still seems like it has his like spin so. yeah i know i wish i knew less about the killing of a sacred deer because i know a lot about it and i've never that's seen a, it that's um, a bummer yeah it is a bit it is a bit of a bummer but so do you know anything about the lobster at all? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, in terms of like, it's Colin Farrell, right? Then yeah. He's so like, this is... he like wants to, has to go find like true love or something. And he like becomes a lobster before he does. <laughs> How close am I? You're pretty close. <laughs> the lob- it's, so it's like, a. this is all explained very early in the movie. So I don't, I don't consider this any spoiler really, but. Basically, it's like in a future dystopian world where for some reason, overpopulation, I guess, I don't know. It's like if you aren't a couple, if you are not partnered with somebody, then you just you get turned into an animal of your choosing. And so, like, if people aren't in a relationship, they go to like a specific hotel for 45 days to try and find a partner. And if they don't. They're gonna get turned into an animal. <laughs> it's just like what the heck. So this is that's wild. That's wild. <laughs> but it's still um, grounded. It's still it's still grounded. Sounds it. <laughs> so the, reading up on the favorite, the thing I think was interesting about this is like his first movie that he has not co-written. Like this was actually written back like in the nineties, I believe, but it didn't actually get picked up because it has like a lot of uh, LGBT themes in the movie that would not fly back then. Um, but. Uh, so this one, like, it, it feels very grounded, and I think maybe it, maybe some of the absurdity in his movies come from the writing and the script and the concept. Sure. And this this movie does not really have that. Like, this is actually this is grounded in reality, and there's some historical fact in it. It's not like a true, you know, a hundred percent accurate um, historically, but enough that like, a, you know, you could look at a Wikipedia article and go, "Oh, wow, hey, look at that." Yeah. Um, so I I. I've heard like the favorite is like really good as like your in- intro to like his his kind of movies, and then make that jumping off point to something uh, weirder. a bit weirder like the lobster or you know, like killing your sacred deer. Yeah, poor things yeah. is a uh, poor things is an adapted screenplay too. I think it, it's oh, really? uh, it's based off a book, so there's a okay. book by the same name. Um, I don't know when it was released, but it's interesting. I wonder if like he is like excels. Like at least in terms of like critical acclaim, because uh, when he kind of works up other people's poor things, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like, yeah. I'm I'm very intrigued to hear what you think about poor things, because I know Kyle, you you really liked it, right? I did. I I really really liked it. Yeah, and I loved it. I mean, it's it's probably my favorite movie of the year so far. Um, we but... are seeing it this weekend. So, oh, you are seeing it this weekend. Sick. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna come crash the party. Sure. I'm just gonna come watch it. I'm gonna say sure. in between. Sure. Just, sit, just sit behind us and tell us everything that's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, watch this scene. Watch this oh, scene. Kenny, don't take your daughter. Oh my oh, gosh. 
Yeah. Please don't. Okay. Well, I'll cancel a ticket, man. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Good job warning him, Kyle. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) You really saved the day there, buddy. It's why you invited me on the podcast. That's right. Hot takes and saving the day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. The movie I watched this week is one that I've been really wanting to see for a long, long time. I've probably said it on the podcast before, but Ryan Gosling is probably my favorite current uh, actor in the business. I think it's I'd have to really think about that kind of kind of hard, but uh, currently for me, he's one of the best. And so this is the 2011 film Drive, uh, which is pretty critically acclaimed. I don't know. It's one that I kind of think is most people kind of probably follow along the same lines that I do, uh, in which I really expected this to be like a five star knockout. I love this film movie. And it wasn't quite it wasn't quite that I really liked this movie quite a lot but it just didn't hit me the way that i was hoping it would but uh drive is a movie about ryan gosling nate uh, i don't think he even has a name his name's driver like i don't yeah. i don't think his it's character baby. has a name it's baby yeah <laughs> uh and basically he's i guess kind of a getaway driver uh man this is a lot of similarities baby driver you know i never even <laughs> i didn't even put that two and two together good call um but uh, he's like a stuntman um kind yeah yeah by he's day. a stuntman by day yep absolutely yeah. Um, but without getting into spoilers, basically, uh, like the, the mob is involved and there's money involved and there's things happening. There's a a girl, there's a girl, there's a child, but predominantly more than anything, there's style baby and coolness. And I think that's really what this movie is. I, some people may try and argue with me that this is a very deep, intellectual, emotional movie. And I'm like, hey, man, maybe. But, like, it was cool. Like, that's really what I took from it is that it was cool. I, okay, I love Drive. Um, it is, for me, it's like an easy four and a half. I, yeah. What? Wait, um, hold up. I what? can't believe how disappointed Max is in it. I know. Shut up, Kyle. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> I thought that I just reached. Didn't I just say something about how I'm surprised you all didn't like it so much? Am I tripping? About? Yeah. No. I, I. Okay, you don't even have it ranked on Letterbox. Okay, I'm tripping. Yeah. Kyle has it ranked as a two and a half. Yeah, Kyle's disappointing. You're disappointing me, Kyle. Yeah. Well, um, I don't remember anything about the movie, <laughs> so I don't even remember when I saw it. Probably like a year ago, two years ago. And I don't remember anything other than Ryan Gosling being in it. There's a lot of gore, but it's like respectful. I don't know if that's the right word to use. Wait, Probably uh, not. So I think like it is a movie that is like very stylish. And I feel like it. it's kind of like a movie that I really like because it kind of like embodies the city of L.A. In a way that because there, there's some movies that talk about like L.A. that I, I really loathe. But this is one that does in a, a way that kind of captures it that. Captures the grittiness of it and just like how gross it is sometimes, but mm-hmm. also like there is there's a charm to it as well. Like because I I love the scenes just like him driving around the city with like the the soundtrack playing and it just mm-hmm. it just I I love the soundtrack for the movie too. Cool. Um, so I think it captures like L A really well. Um, and it is like a really simple plot and the characters are really simple, but there in that simplicity I think there's a, a surprising amount of depth. Um, in terms of like their motivation, what they do and um all those things uh it, it be, i think it because i think like uh the, 
Ronnie Gosling's character becomes like almost like a a cipher and for the character because he's just like there's not much there mm-hmm. in terms of who he is and what he does. But Ryan but, Gosling's really good at playing those types of characters. What else is what else what the roles do you think kind of fits oh, in? Oh, Blade that? Runner 2049. For really? sure. Mm-hmm. He's very he's very much a like saying things without saying things. Like he doesn't talk much in Blade Runner 2049. Mm, he's okay. very staring, a lot of facial, just like watching his face move without him actually doing much. Uh but yeah, it's, they they reminded me quite a lot of each other the performances, but they're both they're both very good. Yeah. Um I think like the, a lot of the action scenes in Drive 2 are fantastic. Like that opening that opening sequence when he's there doing that initial getaway is like yeah, fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's like so tense and just it feels realistic to compare to something like Baby Driver, which is like very much like an, it feels like an action movie. Yeah, this one is grounded and just feels like this is. If I was a getaway driver, this is. I I admire this guy for dude, but being the Baby a really Driver good opening criminal. sequence. I know it's so like, good. I'm not gonna sit here yeah, and but, have you dog that. Interest, no, no, but Baby yet. Driver feels like a fun action movie. Feels like a movie. Yes, Whereas this, this one, one feels, feels like it could be really happening. Yeah, in terms of just like how they respond to things and. uh or just their approach to like getting away yeah makes a lot more sense to me but. yeah park and turn the lights off instead of doing two three sixties jumping yeah. yeah it's like yeah exactly. maybe not as cool but a lot more maybe driver's realistic. not as good a driver as baby is he definitely nah, not good. i don't know he's pretty good he's a stunt man he's good at crashing kenny yeah so he's barely <laughs> even a driver <laughs> no <laughs> no i I'm glad that you like this movie so much. And I liked it a lot. Like I said, Kyle's given me crap for saying (laughs) I didn't like it as much as I thought I would. Four stars. That can, those are both accurate statements. I thought it would be a five star movie for me. So it didn't hit the way I really wanted it to. But like, I still really had a good time. I think Carrie Mulligan was good. I thought Oscar Isaac was good. We talked both about Albert Brooks and uh, Ron Perlman, who's just like a tower over everyone else in the film. But like, it's, it's brutal. It's bloody. And it's cool. I don't know. I just liked d- it. I would like the he- listeners to know about our new uh, Dolan and Max scale. Mm. Um, and it, it's confusing. <laughs> it is confusing. But so you got to keep up here. If you really love something, it's a three and a half. What a movie! And if you hate it, it's a four. <laughs> Disappointing. Yeah. Keep it straight. <laughs> That's the new scale. Don't get it twisted. Uh, yeah. Um- <laughs> Max, I I would I'd say for Drive, like even though you just watched it, you should like kind of go down the rabbit hole of look, like looking up like people's interpretations of what happened in the movie. Okay, yeah, I have. There's it. some there's some there's some really interesting like people ideas that like I I kind of believe um in terms of like especially for how the ending resolves things like that um that may shift your perspective a bit um for again because for such a simple movie like you think it's very like straightforward and plain but mm-hmm. there might be more to it than like you know. Yeah, maybe you, I'm you, too dumb for it. No, I mean, it's, it's no, like I said, that's, it's, that's true. It's a, maybe. <laughs> you, know what, you know what? Now that I've noodled on it, <laughs> that's probably it. <laughs> you can't just say that. We will take it and run with it. No, that's not what I'm hoping for. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. You sank for the softball pitch. Appreciate that. But you know what? It, it is a movie that is just super cool. And yeah. I love that for it. It is super cool. cool and it stylish. Is a, it is a cool movie. And Ryan yeah. Gosling is great. Okay, so like that jacket? that's that the jacket? new rating. That is- Two and a half is cool, and Ryan Gosling is great. So yeah. that's we're Two adding that into yeah. But and Ryan Gosling sucks. is great. Yeah. Two and a half, specifically Ryan Gosling fans. Same only. thing. Remember the Titans. 
Oh my gosh. Not, <laughs> not like that movie, actually. It's such an overrated movie. Uh, yeah, I actually, I probably will revisit Drive. I, it's one that wasn't available anywhere for a very long time as far as like free streaming. But I think it's currently on the LG channels, um, which is what I watched it on. I will say, for better or for worse, anytime I watch a movie on Tubi or any streaming service that has ads intermingled in, I hate that, man. Yeah. Like, I had to do it, but it really, especially probably even more so for a movie like Drive, where you're like just kind of like locked in. I mean, yeah. I was like sitting up, like staring, locked and loaded watching Drive, and then it's like pampers brings you and i'm like okay like he just took a hammer to his hand and now i'm seeing a diaper commercial like it really pulls you out it does not bother me it really doesn't and i don't know if it's like that's because it gives you two free minutes to check your phone which you're like really itching to do anyways or to get up and get a snack or something like kenny you grew up around the same time as me we grew up with commercials it was our life commercials happen people so and did like, I. I wait, what do you, what do you no. think I grew? Commercials no. have only gotten more prevalent. Oh, streaming. No, I, no, no yeah. you're, you're, you're kind of right there. Because you well, like, you're talking about TV back. movies. Yeah, Yeah, I get commercials it. are coming back for I sure. Like, even in, like, all the streaming services. But, yeah, like, on cable, like, you're getting interrupted by an ad every 15 to 20 minutes. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, t- to pivot this to, to being a dad cast, I, I find, like, my daughter's, uh, uh, enjoyment of commercials to be just hilarious like we'll be watching because we usually we're streaming stuff but like every once in a while we'll watch something with commercials and be like yay commercials i'm like what the hell yeah like <laughs> you, you love commercials this is well, not what you're supposed to be paying attention to yeah. well if your kids are watching youtube all the youtube they watch is just one big commercial fair it, that's, you know, everything that is, is just a commercial my kids watch too much youtube i keep Me trying too. to to remove that from the <laughs> the equation i'm like but... here please watch netflix instead it's good I, yeah I, I i'm not trying to sell you something uh this kind of has like nothing to do with the movie but <laughs> i was sick on tuesday so i watched three movies tuesday <clears throat> um and i forget what the conversation was but there's a bit and the bit extends to my home life where everybody thinks i'm just a horn dog that watches like a bunch of sexy movies and so danielle <laughs> was like what movies do you watch today? How many how many boobs have you seen? I don't remember what, I don't know what the conversation was, but she brought that up, and I was like, actually, I've watched The Social Network, and I've watched Millennium Actress, and there weren't any. I was like, and I don't even know if there's any in Drive because I think this was during a commercial where we were going. Not five minutes later, the scene happens where he walks into like the strip club, and there's just like. 20 women with their boobs out in the, in the same room and i was like there we go dan <laughs> we reached our quota <laughs> but i, I count know. i count 20 yeah there were a lot there were a lot and uh, after you paused after that commercial like it really took you out of it yeah, <laughs> Man, I, I do want to actually watch Drive Again though. Like it is one that's like I sometimes when I watch a movie, I'll immediately toss it back on the watch list, and of course it has lower priority for me then. But like it's just me being like, hey, I do want to see this again, and that's another one where I was like, yeah, I want to watch that again when I have another time. But man, it would be nice to watch it without commercials next time. We'll we'll see if that happens. All right, let's get into our feature topic today. First off, we are starting with board games. So very briefly. We wanted to discuss the differences or the nature of top 100 lists, especially 
extending that to the Dice Tower People Top 100 and the Board Game Geek Top 100. Because a lot of times there are quite a few discrepancies in these lists. You may feel like you resonate more with one than the other. Um, and it may kind of reveal something about those lists. So, Kyle, I know in particular you had something to say about this one. You want to take it away for us? Yeah. So, first off, I think top 100s or like rankings are very beneficial. Um, I know not everybody's going to agree with that. I think a lot of people have issues with the BB- BGG top 100, maybe even Kenny, I think. Uh, uh, I think the BGG top 100, while it is very useful, um, but it skews extremely heavy for the general hobby. And I also think it skews newer. And I think the Dice Tower Community Top 100 is just more representative of the hobby as a whole. Um, not only does it trend lighter or more medium weight, it also trends older. Like you're going to get your Ticket to Rides on there. You're getting Catan on there. You're getting Carcassonne on there. You're getting all of those old favorite classics that everybody jumps into and really loves. But then they like like we none of us are like rating Carcassonne a 10 but we've all played it and yeah, I like even, I don't like Carcassonne that much though I, I really I, I don't really like Carcassonne either <laughs> but I will say Carcassonne did get me into the hobby like it was a game I really played a ton of when I first played it and like same with like Pandemic and Ticket to Ride even though I know like Ticket to Ride I think Europe is in the BGG top 100 but I just think it's more representative of like the general population where BGG is really more of like gamer gamers. Like you have to be going to board game geek. You are everybody who has a Vitala Serta already has a board game geek account where everybody who plays ticket to ride does not have a BGG account. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just, that's my looking at, and I, I do think I skew or my game tastes definitely align more with the BGG top 100 than the dice tower top 100, but over general population, I think the dice tower would make way more sense. I don't know, Kyle. I think you might be wrong. I think Board Game Geek, if you averaged it out, their top 100 might be older trending. Really? You want to know why? Crokinole. Ah. That'll, you got me. That'll do it. <laughs> it's got Crokinole. Yeah. <laughs> Crokinole will do it. 1800s board game, baby. It's going to really pull. <laughs> it's going to really pull it back there on the So much range. for the bell curve. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I think you're probably right. I mean, you're not going to see something like Kingdom Death Monster on the Dice Tower Top 100. At least I don't think you are. No, you're getting stuff um, like Nidavellir and Parks, which mm-hmm. are in Power Grid, you which still is get, very old. And You still get the Twilight Struggles and the War of the Rings, but they're much lower, probably more in line where the general population would feel about them towards the 70, right. 80 range than number 5 and 7 or whatever they are on the Board Game Geek Top 100. Yeah, I... So I have I have problems with the BGD top one one hundred because I think like in terms of like you're a new gamer you're trying to get into the hobby you're trying to figure out what are what are the games I should check out you go to the BGD top one hundred and you're looking at things like the top twenty of things like oh Twilight Struggle oh Through the Ages oh uh what else uh, Twilight Imperium yeah Terra Mystica these are not good games to like dive into the hobby with are, yeah they're, they're like the the not, not to say that that's what this list should be, but it's, I think, I think like you said, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a misrepresentation of like the best things in the hobby. Like it, it skews so like heavy, so like Euro focused that, um, it, it's not like, this isn't like, when I look at these games, these aren't like games that like largely I'm going to have on my shelf. 
Yeah, but I mean, you I, to to play a little devil's advocate here. You go top thirty, you get Arnak, Arkham Horror, Wingspan, Nemesis, Brass, Seven Wonders, Dual Scythe, Castles of Burgundy. Like those are all. I mean, maybe not brass, but those are all pretty like approachable. What I would think of when someone's talking about like yeah. gamers' first games, or but there are a lot of games that like just because of the way that BGG rating system is, are I don't think are ever going to fall off. Um, no, I agree with that, and that that's a problem. Like I think like the good thing about the dice tower list is like it's at least really dynamic and it changes a lot each year. Um, it's so, like in terms of like a snapshot of like what like what is what are the good games I should look at this year? I think like the dice tower is a lot better. Um, and it's like the games on there are just much more approachable and much more current. Um, Cause like you don't have shit on there. Like, I mean, Puerto Rico, I, I'm not going to play Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico um, as good as it may be, but like it, there's just some old classics on the BGG, BGG top hundred that will probably never die. And again, I think that's skewed towards just like heavy Euro games is detrimental. Um, honestly. One of the big problems with the BGG Top 100 is there's three iterations of Gloomhaven in the Top yes. 40. Yeah. It seems like through the so ages, much. too. Yeah, there's just like, it's yeah, it's confusing and it's I, I think unnecessary. Uh, yeah. I feel like they really should just be kind of like lumped together. Put put Birmingham and Lancashire together. I know they're not the same games, obviously. Put the Gloomhavens together. Put the Pandemic the Legacies uh agricola and caverna i guess yeah i guess they could go no, together no 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 but... not agricola and caverna together okay they, there were two editions of agricola in the top uh, 100 at one are point. they really gross i don't know about now but there was okay. like two years ago to say you do agricola caverna and like i could concede that but i wouldn't i wouldn't want to i, I but... would not okay. i would not do that but like the twilight imperiums probably could be there are still two agricolas in the top 75 yes just to clarify uh, one thing I don't like about the Dice Tower list, and like this is unfair, but like there's definitely like a Tom Vassal influence to it. Um, like, yeah. Ar- like Ar- Ark Nova is number one, which I, space, I mean, space. I space Base, <laughs> yeah. Um, those those seem or Meadow, Meadow even, <laughs> it just it seems very out of place. But like, uh, I don't know because those are just like the bias of like the Dice Tower crew and like what they've kind of like uh, and like championed. Um, Towards Champion, their listeners. Yeah. And that's fine. Like, and that makes sense that like their viewers would uh, also um, glom onto it too. But but no ready, set, bet in the people's top 100. Yet. Yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's 2025's True. list. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I kind of have a hard time thinking that was going to skyrocket. Yeah. Uh, I but. will say, um, as much as like Kenny like brings up like the BGG like not being representative, and I've said it too. Like, we've all came into the hobby in very similar ways where we play these, like, gateway games or beginner games, and then we go into BGG. Like, I don't think any of us, like, was like, oh, I like board games. I'm going to go to BGG and, like, had bought, like, Twilight Struggle. Like, none of, nobody has done that. So is that, like, really a realistic issue with well, the BGG Top 100? No, people do that a lot. The dude. third that- game I ever bought was Gloomhaven. I bought Catan and Munchkin, and I'm pretty sure Gloomhaven. <laughs> okay, all right. I say it correctly. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's 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 also just like yeah, my my big thing is like so people are gonna see these big games and think like oh, I should definitely get through the ages. It's so highly ranked, and like like not knowing what what that game entails and like how, how much of a commitment it is. Like it's that's that's a problem. But to clarify, I'm very happy that I bought Gloomhaven, so it worked out for me, but it may not work out for everybody. Yeah, I just, like, mine felt, like, so basic. Like, I was like, oh, I played 
Lords of Waterdeep, and then I played Pandemic, and then I played Ticket to Ride, and I played Carcassonne. Like, I played all of those games, all and I'm like, oh, cool now ones. I'm going to BGG. Yeah. 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 All right, so what we're going to do today, have a little fun, is we are going to draft from the top 100 list. And the way that we're going to do this is we're each going to draft six games. And, of course, we're going to do this with the letterbox top uh, 100 later. But to make it a little bit more difficult, so we're not drafting the top six or 18 games, uh, we are going to roll a dice to determine a segment of 10 that we are drafting from each round. So round one, we may end up drafting from 1 through 10. And round three, we may end up drafting from 80 through 90 and so on and so forth. Uh, We're going to determine who goes first or who chooses their position, and those positions will probably be swapped for the letterbox list. And uh, yeah, we're just going to do the same thing for letterbox as far as making it uh, segments of 10. Kyle, go ahead and roll that dice and give us uh, our our starting picker. All right, this is this is Max. Hey. Max, you rolled a 20. <laughs> oh, this is boy. Okay. Can you roll an 8? Nah. <laughs> Dummy. And I rolled a three. Oh, I'm, big, I'm dumber than Kenny. <laughs> All right, I'm going to pick going second. I'm going to pick going second. Kenny, you want to go first or third? I'll pick first. First. All right. And this isn't, this will be interesting to you because like first and third kind of like are the same because once we, once we've all picked three, we're going to roll the dice and then whoever's like at the bottom of the snake draft. Oh crap, that's a good point. It's going to. Maybe I should have uh, put, maybe I should, maybe, maybe first or third is best in this one. I don't know. I think second's pretty good too. Oh no, man. <laughs> I don't know about that. All right. So what segment are we starting with? Give us a, a, a die roll there. We'll just divide oh. it into fives. I got, okay. I got it. I got a D one hundred. Oh, okay, never mind. Kidding, oh, he he didn't have a die, but he has a D one hundred. Well, you know, I like the percentile <laughs> die, right? Yeah, you didn't have a D twenty. Now you have a D hundred sitting. I actually, I actually got all the dice here. What did you lie to us? I had to reach over. I, I can't oh, believe oh. what I'm hearing right now. I got to get it. up out of my chair. I I also had to get slightly out of my chair to get wow. it. Anyway, wow. our first segment is so we're gonna do like if you, this is zero, then we'll do um one, one two ten, ten yeah. if it's a two. Or 20. 20 yeah. Or uh-huh. Whatever. It makes sense. We'll figure it out. Um, the number is 50. So Wait, I need one... another example. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we are, we, are, we are drafting from the 50 through 60 range. No, this would this be 41 through 50, right? 41 through 50. All right. Yeah. Kenny. Oh, God. Oh, oh God. Yeah. There's an obvious one. <laughs> to clarify, for those oh, who yeah. are listening. Uh, 40 through 50, or 41 through 50, Pax Pamir, 2nd Edition, Underwater Cities, Puerto Rico, Caverna the Cave Farmers, Cascadia, Blood Rage, Heat, Pedal to the Metal, Anachrony, On Mars, and Crokinole. There's actually some Dude, bangers. These are, yeah, I was like, yeah. and I know bangers. And I know bangers. <laughs> and I know bangers. <laughs> these are really uh, good. I'm going to, I, I pick first, right? Yeah. I'm going to pick Blood Rage. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. I mean, that is the obvious first one. <laughs> but like, I could, okay. So Kenny picks Blood Rage. That's like I'm curious what you're doing here, Max. I don't know what I'm doing, dog. So Blood Rage, I think, would have been all three of our first picks if yeah. we were in this section. Um, it's just a great game that we all love. Except for Kyle said he doesn't like it anymore. Um, he's done playing it. That's what he said today, actually. Yeah. Uh, four out of five. So there's a lot, <laughs> a lot of good games here. Um, part of me wants to pick Crokinole and Pax Pamir, but like I know you're looking for Anachrony. Or Caverna. It's one of the two. Or Heat. 
I don't even know, man. There's so many good games. Yeah, uh, you take heat. I'll be no, devastated. I know, <laughs> I know you want Anachron- Anachronia Caverna, and I think you're going to be happy with whatever falls your way. Uh, I can't I can't pick Pax Premier, even though it is a game I've kind of fallen in I love with lately. I thought for sure you're taking I can't Pax yet. I just haven't played it enough yet. I need to get... I need to understand it more. Um, speaking of Caverna, though, I smacked y'all in Caverna today. That was pretty good. Highest score I've ever got by a long shot. Yeah, you you, did, you did play well. That was a good one. Um, so for me, it's between Crokinole and Caverna at this point in time. I do think I'm going to go... See, here's the thing. How many other, uh, how many other dexterity games are going to be in the top 100? Like none. Yes, very There's going to be plenty of euros in the top 100 to draft later. Oh, oh, so, real quick. Speaking of dexterity games, not to pick on Logan again from the Discord, but did you see that he played some dexterity game online? Uh-uh. <laughs> What's the Crokinole like reboot or like the second version of Crokinole? It's like no called Corum or something or Carum? Oh, that's not a second, That's a very that's a, like an ancient game. <laughs> but well whatever. It's like it's like Crokinole, right? Yeah. He said I played it digitally. <laughs> I was like, "What?" Yeah, it's not it's not the same. It's not the same. I am going to take Crokinole. I'm going to lock it in. I I I feel bad giving up Pax and Caverna. That's pretty rough but i'm taking my dexterity game when i can get one you know what you make a good point because there's a lot of old dusty dry years i know that's what i'm saying like if i can get a clans of caledonia later or something like that we'll be living there's a lot of dusty games on here all right kyle is it anachrony or is it caverna i think it's anachrony i was between one of those and crokinole oh made this a little bit easier on me uh i am taking anachrony though yeah it is a game that has like swept me off my feet this year. I have really loved Anachrony, and I cannot wait to play with the expansion. Still haven't yet. But I finally got my minis painted. That's nice. step one. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. Yeah. I was, I, man, that's tough getting rid of Pax and Caverna there. I, I love those games a lot, but feels right. Um, Not really. I've rolled the die again, and the number is two. So we looked oh, at 11 10. through 20. Oh. Wait, is it two or, or is it twenty? Be... Huh? Is it a you, you're rolling a d one hundred, right? I I switched to a d ten. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> if I made more sense. So it's twenty so. through thirty or twenty through twenty nine. No, twenty one no, through thirty. Eleven through twenty. What? Eleven through <laughs> <laughs> twenty. Wait, whatever, no, whatever stop, the... stop. No, oh, if god. you swap to a d ten, whatever number you roll, it should be that segment. Because oh. if you roll a zero, it would be zero through ten. A 1 would be 11 through 19. A 2 is 20 through 29. Okay, we'll, we'll go back to the... the no, the, the D10 is easier! <laughs> the D10 <laughs> is easier! Okay, so no. rolling, rolling a 2 then gives us what? 20 through 29. I have a solution. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay. If you roll a 3, it's 50 through 59. Stop. If you roll an 8, Stop. it's zero. It's 1 through 10. Stop. It's 20 through uh, 29. Okay, fair. It's just, that's the easiest way to handle that. Gosh, that was so 29. much more difficult than it needed to be. <laughs> oh, I know what I'm you're taking. I'm not an idiot. It's obvious what you're taking. Who? Oh, this is so easy for Kenny. No one's going to take the one he wants. Is this Arkham? Yes. <laughs> so, what a the 20 through 29 list is Brass Lancashire, Nemesis, Clank Legacy, Concordia, A Feast for Odin, Wingspan, Terra Mystica, Arkham Horror, The Card Game, Lost Ruins of Arnak, and Great Western Trail. 
second edition. Oh boy. I mean, it's obvious what you're taking, right, Kyle? It's not my, is it my pick? Yeah, we're snaking. Oh, oh hooray. I, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious. I'm taking Brass Lancashire. Yeah, yeah, I, I thought as much. That's... Uh, brass, the number not well, Birmingham's the number one game, but we're lumping them together. So I just got the number one game at pick 20. <laughs> that is like incredible. Okay, well, let's that's it's pick that's a, that's four a... to clarify. <laughs> it's not what a pick. I... <laughs> no. <laughs> And isn't that a flaw with the BGG system? It is. Two, it is. Two brasses you know, up here. You're right. Yeah. I could end this whole draft with three versions of Gloomhaven on my list. I just got the best game of all time. So uh, not according to BGG, baby. Oh man. Okay. I think the obvious Should one. Should we here, like talk about these games? I don't know. I was wondering the same thing, but we just got to roll it, right? Brass you, is a bra- route building game. It's you like great. It. You're gonna play cards. <laughs> For every action you do. You you have said before that Lancashire is best at three, whereas Birmingham is best at four. Yes. Okay. Yes, I, I stand by that. And we Still all accurate. three have played Lancashire together at three. Oh, yeah. That was a good play. That was a good play. I think I got last place by a large margin, but it was fun. And Kenny won. Yeah. Because I'm a good teacher. That's right. Yeah, I enjoyed that game quite a lot. I wouldn't have drafted it, um, but I, I do enjoy that. I think for me, this one's pretty easy. It's it's Nemesis. I there's there's gonna be more Euros later to get. I'm not a you big keep fan. Saying that. I'm not a big fan of any of these. What's on there? Wingspan. I've never oh, yeah, played Clank like Legacy. Wingspan's all right. Concordia is good, but like also just such an unsexy game that I just like I owned it for years and I played it once. Feast for Odin's good, but yeah. Whatever. I mean, you asked us this 18 months ago, and Feast for Odin's your first pick. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Probably, but you know, after having only played it physically once and played it on BGA a lot with no expansion, it's kind of just like, yeah, it's a good game. Uh, I like yeah, it. It's it's lost its luster for me. Yeah, it is still a very good game. We talked is. about this before on the podcast, where it's just like one of those games that we both like really respect and admire. Mm-hmm. But the kind of the toughest one for me was actually probably Great Western Trail, um, as far as being like the next one that I wanted to take. But I do think See, I'm trying like, to diversify <laughs> my list here by taking. Some euros, some sexy thematic games, a dexterity game. Like I'm just trying to I'm trying to branch out here, you know? Oh, I'm just taking Kyle games. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I I'm also taking Kenny games because Arkham Horror that is my favorite game. I should have I should have hate drafted it. <laughs> Dad, you'd be such a dick. I really um, should. <laughs> It'd be like uh, maybe yeah. seventeen. What makes Arkham Horror so good? Because it seems pretty bad. <laughs> uh is that a genuine question, Kyle? Or he's trolling? I'm trolling. I'm trolling. Okay. I'm trolling. I have mentioned before to you, Kenny, I think, is that like my time with Arkham Horror, I enjoyed it, but I it was more story driven than mechanism driven. And I was like kind of like turned off by uh the luck that I felt like I, I really felt like I couldn't win because I'm not a deck builder. I did not build any of the decks. So I was just going what came in the package. And I felt like no matter what I did, pulled out of the bag, it was going to be bad. Like, I didn't know what I could do to make it not bad. Which, 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 uh, which, uh, campaign did he play? Just the I played core? the, ori- the, like, the original base set and uh-huh. I played Dunwich. Okay. Yeah. And the, the, and I'll say, like, those, I think the game, they did a disservice to the game initially just because those, uh, prepackaged decks are bad. Um, 
but and like I think I I might have had a better experience because I I net decked when I first started, so I'd like look up like what are some good decks I could build um, to kind of get going, and that definitely helped make sure that like I was actually playing on a even playing field with the game, um, so I wasn't just getting wrecked constantly. But I can see like how that create like a bad experience. But and I don't mind challenging co ops. I I actually prefer them. Like I want to lose. But when it's like, when I go to like doing an attack or an investigate and it's like, well, I'm doing an investigate three, everything in the bag is like negative two or worse. Like, I just don't know how I'm going to do anything that's good. Well, that's, that's Arkham, baby. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Yeah, good, good, Kyle. I can't. That's not an option. What's the next? What's the second yeah, option? Yeah, yeah. I get it, I get it. <laughs> all right, so roll the die again. And the number is, oh, it's five again. Nope. So can't do that. Back. No. Oh, uh, we should. No, uh, the number is eight. The well. Eight. Wow. So it'd be eighty. Eighty-three, through... eighty-nine. Yeah. But it is Clank, a deck building adventure. Fields of Arl, Teotihuacan, through the ages, beyond the sun, Lords of Waterdeep, the voyages of Marco Polo, dominant species, Robinson Crusoe, and Seven Wonders. This is a tough. Oh, These are all terrible. Yeah, let's talk about some of the the games in here that I think are just odd. Like Fields of Arl is an odd game on this list right uh, through the ages a second time is they should not they should not be there dominant species like i i don't know man this is a uh, tough okay can i uh i have ranked it looks like seven or eight of these ten i and here are the rankings i'm going to do it in an order so you guys don't know what i've ranked what but i have a four a five a six a six and a half a six and a half a seven and one singular eight. Yeah. So like I, this is very rough for me. Um. Okay. So I I pick first. I'm my I, the one I go towards. There are three games here that I really like. I like I really like Clank. I like Lords of Waterdeep. And I like The Voyage to Marco Polo. Um. I'm gonna. This is probably the the not the smart thing to do. But I'm gonna pick Lords of Waterdeep. I I'd still level Lords of Waterdeep as like mm-hmm. a wonderful okay. like intro worker placement game. Um. It's one I'd still break out any day, you know. Man, this is tough for me. So, Lords of Waterdeep, probably not one I was going to pick. I, I do <clears> think <throat> it's a pretty good game. But the two that stick out to me, and I'll tell you why, uh, Clank is the one that sticks out to me as a gamer, as a player, whatever. But I've never played it. But Jeff loves Dominant Species. like. He talks that game up a lot. And... Yeah, he talks up a lot of bad games. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? What are we doing? I mean, it looks pretty cool though, too. It looks cool. That game looks like. <laughs> are you... look at... Let's actually, look, look at the pictures of the game, Max. Yeah, <laughs> I think it looks pretty cool. You're not allowed to shit on my game taste or anything ever again if you're saying this game. It looks like Cones of Dunshire. It's, it's got little yeah, cones on the map. Yeah. <laughs> it's charming. An uneven Bayser Cones of Dunshire. It's charming. <laughs> Don't hate it. So I would also, can we briefly take an aside to talk about Beyond the Sun? Have any of you played that physically? I have. Is it good? Because I've only played BGA and I cannot for the life of me. Like I, I vaguely understand aspects of it, but something doesn't work and I don't know why. I called it I, I called it after a play or two. Yeah. Uh I I was not as enamored as the hobby was at its release. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My only my only real hesitation here with taking Clank is I would like to get Clank Catacombs. Is that even in the top one hundred? I don't think so, but that game rules. No, it's not. Okay. Well then I guess I, I'm gonna take Clank, guys. 
<laughs> I was I've never played Clank Catacombs, but I was really hoping uh I just heard it's I've just heard it's better Clank. And uh so I was kind of hoping that that would fall to me at some point in time, but it's not gonna. So yeah, we're gonna take Clank Catacombs. And that leaves you with what then, Kyle? Yeah, my my game that I've rated an 8 out of 10. Uh I will take The Voyages of Marco Polo. Okay. It's the game my my I think my gaming group likes it more than I do, but yeah, I, I really still enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, what is that game? It. I've never played it. What is Marco Polo? Yeah, like what's it about? So it is like a it's a dice placement game. So everybody has no, I mean, five what's dice. The theme? What is the theme? Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> um <laughs> I was just setting you up to say the voyages of Marco Polo, Kyle. Come on now. Have you ne- actually never played this though, Max? No, I've never played it, no. I, don't, oh, I actually know nothing about the gameplay at all. I thought you were being sincere, like, oh, let's talk no, about this no, game. No, I really but... was, but then I thought of a joke to ask about the theme, because the title is the theme, right? I, f- I fumbled it. Yeah, yeah you kind of did, but that's okay. We should play, uh, spin up a game on BGA. I think like the BGA inflation is pretty good. Yeah, it's and... not bad. So what is it? It's a dice placement game, so it's five rounds, and at the start of every round, you're going to roll your dice, and then uh, it becomes like a worker placement with those dice. Um, and the strength that you're putting down, like, kind of determines what you get. So if you go to the market and you put down a two, you can get camels or cloth or gold or whatever, but you're getting less of it. And if you put, like, a five, you're getting more stuff. And, like, no spot is ever really truly blocked out. Um, but whatever, if you go to a spot already taken, uh, you have to pay money based on the number of pips on your dice. So if you go to a spot that's already taken and you play a three, you have to pay $3. Um, that's part of it. The other part is uh, trying to fulfill these contracts, and you're also trying to go across, I don't know, where Marco Polo voyage Was it Egypt? I really couldn't tell you. Um, wherever he voyaged, you're trying to go uh, across these towns and, like, place down little outposts, which are either going to give you some, like, uh, income every round, or they're going to give you uh, action spaces that you can put your dice that nobody else can. Uh, so it kind of gives you some cool places to go to either exchange for points or money or other resources. Okay. It's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah, I'd play it on BGA. All right, <clears> we'll <throat> set that up. Kenny, you in? Yes. Let's do it. I love, I love it. What's our, uh, um, what's our next number? So we made, the last time we rolled a five, and I thought that, oh, we, re- we already did that, but we, we changed the, the rules. Uh, so I think we should actually go back to that five. Oh, because um, now it would be 50 through 60, or 51. Yeah. 50 through 59. Yeah, good point. Yeah. So, so okay, we'll, we'll just reduce the pool of games we can choose from by one. And just do fifty-one to fifty-nine. Yeah, yeah, by one. Okay, so these games are because Crokinole is fifty for anyone who's not staring at the BGD top one hundred. So the games we can choose from this time are Agricola, Pandemic Legacy Season Zero, Kanban EV, Sleeping Gods, Pandemic Legacy Season Two, Mansions of Madness God. Second Edition, Lisboa, Maracaibo, and Solkin. <laughs> so we got two versions of Pandemic Legacy. <laughs> That's a problem. <laughs> it's, not even the, it's not even the good pandemic legacy. Yeah, you're taking the lesser versions. <laughs> oh, I actually man. like zero, but I haven't finished it. I've only played through April. Kyle, you start uh, us off here. And okay, let's talk about the list real too. Like, can can Kanban and Lisbo are both like pretty uh, big pretty boys. heavy big boy games too? Like, it's just man. Yeah, I mean, Kyle's definitely taking Kanban. I mean, yeah, you got Mansions of Madness. Kyle, there, shut though, up. You know, and you got <laughs> Kyle. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm taking Kanban. <laughs> yeah. I love Kanban, man. It is so much fun, and it's pretty to boot. Um, pretty to boot. 
<laughs> I think I think you guys would really like Kanban. I really do. It's not as uh it's not as overwhelming as you would expect. And it's pretty to boot. It's pretty to boot. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Uh, out of like a, out of like the big Lestarda games, this is the one I'd be in, the most interested yeah. in trying out. I've never played um, it, but if you didn't draft it, I was drafting it. Because I was like, oh, I mean, why is that? I I'd like to play it. I don't know. Okay. I'd, I'd, is it because I talked it up? Well, you, Jeff, Jamie, um, my, you know, my dad works at a car company. So oh, I thought you said like, your dad talked it up. Yeah, he's a big <laughs> fan of Kanban EV, baby. He loves that game. Eats it up. <laughs> I'm not picking Agricola because Cavernus is better. But then again, I, I missed my chance to draft Cavernus, so I could <clears throat> take Agricola here. Huh. That's... Well, I don't know what you would take here, Max. These I are don't not either. Max games. I know they're not. Mansions of Madness is, but like, I really. <sighs> You would like Sleeping God. Would I? Yeah, I probably would. Yeah, you would. I also kind of just want to take Lisboa. It's very oh, pretty. I would, I would advise against that. Why? It's only a 4.59 I mean, out I of 5 complexity rating. I don't think you're that bright. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair enough, man. That's, that's a good point. I don't know, dude. Save Lisboa for Kenny, okay? Somebody can handle it. Kenny's you not going to take, gonna take Lisboa. <laughs> Kenny's going to take Mansions of Madness or Sleeping Gods. Oh, that's true. He's like, well, uh, freaking give him Arkham Horror and he's going to cream his khakis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Shoot, I don't know uh, what to take here, man. Like, okay, so let me ask you this, Kyle. This is a sincere okay. question, and you might right. you might help me determine what to draft. I played Agricola first and found it just far too punishing. I think if I look at my BG stats plays, I think we played it three times. I think I finished with a positive score one of those three times. I think I had negatives the other Good two. Job. But I also just yeah. didn't know how to play. Then we moved to Caverna. I found myself loving that game, really enjoying it. I Obviously, it's less punishing, which was nice. But if I were to go back to, to Agricola now understanding how the game plays do you think that i would have as good or around as good of a time with agricola as i do with caverna or do you think that ultimately they are different enough that i kind of might just not like agricola no i think you would like agricola now okay i do think a lot of it was like you just not understanding the 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 feature people and like i i do think the spots kind of get to that like um a feast for odin spot uh thing where it's like everybody's fighting over the same spot like in the first round you want to go for the wood spot and if you don't get the wood spot you're kind of like f like you're you feel like you're behind the eight ball where in like caverna if somebody goes to a spot you can be like okay well i'm just going somewhere else and it's fine Mm -hmm. um so i do think you will still prefer caverna but i think you will you would enjoy agricola enough if we played it again i guess the problem then like that seems like the smart thing to draft but like from from a from a morale standpoint, am I going to feel good with my draft having the lesser Caverna on it? Well, can you I know? say one more thing? And and please for Agricola's why I think you may like Agricola Agricola more than you did is because I think we played the base version we of did. it. We didn't do the cards. Yeah, so the cards like the biggest problem with Caverna is it's the same buildings every time, mm-hmm. right? So like. You noticed when we were playing and like when we were first starting playing, I would always go for that ore building mm-hmm. that would just give me points for ore. 
and like you can't do that in Agricola because mm-hmm. you're drafting seven cards and you're drafting from a deck of like 400. Right. So you're re- those cards really do dictate your strategy a little bit, but at least it's different every game. Mm-hmm. Okay. But I really want to take Lisboa. <laughs> I don't know why, man. It looks cool. Have you played it? No, I really want to, though. That's that's top of my list of one to play. I really just... Th- you know, you're probably right in everything you say about Agricola, but I'm just going to look at it on my draft, and I'm going to be like, man, it's not Caverna. Uh, so instead, I am going to draft Lisboa. Why not? Wow. Taking a game. Let's give it a shot. Played. Let's give it a shot. It's just crazy. Like, on Mars... Kanban, Lisboa, all within like 10 of each other. I'm actually shocked that On Mars is above Kanban and Lisboa. I am shocked On Mars is on the list. From I have not I, even seen like a, a favorable review of it. Everybody just says it's so taxing. Well, it is higher than the others. <laughs> it's stupid. I wonder if things like the Lizard of Fanboys just like go in force and just like upvote it to like 10. I don't know, yeah, man. Theme, like I like the theme of On Mars. The theme is cool. But like, how many people are actually going to play on Mars? Like, it's just well, it's that's kind of how I feel about Vitella Serta, anyways. Yeah, I, I, yeah, that's how but I feel. But now he's becoming the- like he Vitella Serta is almost becoming like Wes Anderson, where he's like memeing himself now, and he's just like, <laughs> I'm going to make more mechanisms within mechanisms. It's Whereas like before, like Hanbon is actually like a really clean design. Well, he recently made a Bot Factory, right? And that's that's only like a two point six four rating. Um, and it's apparently a re-implement of Kanban EV. I don't understand how that works. But it says, in a Kanban way, gather projects and parts to build bots to accomplish contracts. And that just came out last year. Anyways, Kenny, what are you drafting here? Anyways, uh, I'm going to take uh, Sleeping Gods. Yeah, I figured. Easy. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't I, know. I do like Zulkin, but um, Sleeping Gods does seem like a good game to explore. Um, oh, have you not so. played it, Kenny? I tried. I tried to solo it, and I was like, "This is too much." It's um, a lot solo. Yeah. yeah, it would. It would be a lot. You have to but manage like, like eight characters. Mm-hmm. But it's like a, you know, I mean, the problem with this is like it's a campaign game. Like, how often are actually going to play a campaign game? But like, um, it is still a game. Like, I think would be. I definitely would like to explore. And I think it kind of fills a nice niche on the list, though. Fair I enough. did like Sleeping Gods enough. Um, but by the time we reached the end of it, like I was definitely done playing Sleeping Gods. It, it kind of monotonous. Yeah. Um, sure. the combat. But... All right. What's our next category? Our next section here. The number is zero. <clears throat> oh, zero. one through ten, or one through nine, I guess. No, one through ten. Yes. Yeah, one through ten. Oh. Oh, <laughs> is he gonna oh, take rebellion? Is he gonna take rebellion? <laughs> This is stupid. I have to go third now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, nah, man. There's like a bunch of good games here. Like, I, even if I came if came third, I'd be uh, happy. Um, but I'm gonna pick Dune Imperium. God dang it, Kenny! I hate yeah, Army so much. Why aren't you taking There's Rebellion? Super... Well, it's you don't like it. Rebellion's good, but it's Dune Imperium is much higher on my personal list. So. <sighs> that hurts, okay. Kenny. Kenny doesn't like Rebellion. Which I love Rebellion. To Top 20, easy. Okay. Doesn't seem like it. Here's a question, Kyle. Yeah. I will trade you pick two for your pick one in the next <laughs> no, section. That's not how it works. I'm, it, we're, we're pivoting. 
we're we're doing it. No. Do no, you not. want my pick? And I'll take your first pick of the next section. We'll swap those picks. Or are you gonna? Yeah, if, if we do this, this this list is now invalidated, and I win. No, so. no. See, now I kind of want to do it just to piss Kenny off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, no, I do not accept. Are you sure, Kyle? What are you gonna take? You know what I'm gonna take. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna take Ti four. Yeah, I am. <laughs> okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Max. Yeah, buddy. I have four games rated a 10 uh-huh. in the top 10. Uh-huh. So I think I will be fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fair enough. I mean, there's, there's, all these are good. I like, I don't know. Some of these I, I would have, like, War of the Ring, second edition seems like an odd. I, I'm still surprised that's in the top 10 still. I'm surprised Spirit Island mean, fell out of the top 10. But Lord of the Rings doesn't really surprise me. That's just such a powerful IP, and it is very thematic. Yeah. Actually, it has been around for a long time. Right, so, you, so you don't want to trade me? I do not. Okay. And that's not that's not part of the rules of the game. Uh, it is now. Know. If you want, trades <laughs> trades are allowed. They're legal. No. <laughs> yep. Officially. Um, I, I actually don't know what I want to take here. Uh, it, to me, it's between three. It's between Twilight Imperium, Ark Nova, or Brass Birmingham. Uh, I mean, it doesn't make sense to take Gloomhaven. I don't think I love Gloomhaven. It's one of my favorite games of all time. But like, I've, I've, I'm done. Like, it doesn't really make sense to play it again. Uh, Brass, you're not gonna take. I can't imagine, right? Yeah, can you, can you imagine? <laughs> you took both. <laughs> uh, I could. What if I have four players? Like, I need something to play. <laughs> That's true. Uh, I really want to take Ti four. But, like, dude, Lisboa, TI4, and Nemesis. Like, Brass would at least be something a little smaller. <sighs> yeah, yep. Children's game. No, I know, it's not, I know it's not a children's game. I like Ark Nova it a is. lot, It is, you just too. called it that. I really, man, this is actually a really difficult draft for me. Do you want to tell me what you're going to pick, Kyle? I got a couple, I got a couple off the What's your first pick? Uh, why am I? Te- why would I tell you? <laughs> I just wanted to know. Why would I tell you? Because I wanted to know. Oh, uh, you'll find out. Uh, not unless I draft it. It's Jaws of the Lion. It's not. You hate Jaws of the Lion. Um, shoot, Got me man. COVID. This is really difficult. I will f me. There's no chance I get six players together to play Twilight Imperium. I nope. will take. Don't have any friends. I don't. I really don't. It's crazy how that works. Jash just left the country. Doesn't even. Doesn't even care. Didn't uh, even say bye. Didn't even say bye. Any of us? Shoot! This is hard. Okay, I'll take Ark Nova. I guess. I don't. I don't know. It's not. That it is hard. hard. It is hard, Kenny. Just because you were the easy one that got Dune Imperium <laughs> doesn't mean like, that everyone else doesn't have a difficult time. I, if I did not pick Dune Imperium, I'd have. I've had like three or four. Great that's why it's hard kenny it's easy if there's one that sticks out it's difficult if there's a several that are equal that's why it was difficult okay. but equal what are you taking kyle i'm taking ti4 yeah i figured i like ti4 i do too I'm just gonna say that. I'm can just we play it again that. someday please i've invited you to play ti4 several times not in the past year kenny too it's been at Kenny's least like, no, a year. I can't play games with you and your friends. <laughs> it has been. It's been at least a year. You know, 
you get turned down so much for the school dance, you start asking elsewhere. That's why I don't ask anybody to come watch movies anymore. <laughs> I, I, I wised up and I was like, okay, they, they're just not going to do it. So I'll just stop asking. Well, uh, we, no, we, we should plan like a TI4 day with, with like the Table Knots crew and like some of your friends. That would be, I think that'd be tremendously fun. I noticed you didn't mention anything about planning a movie day. Kenny. <laughs> yeah, I noticed uh, you didn't. Yeah, I'm good. You didn't say anything about that. <laughs> He's going to see poor things. Yeah, good for him. Without us. All right, Kenny, roll the dice. What's our last segment? Uh, three. Three. Roll three, so 30 through 39. 30 through 39. That is Root, Orléans, Mage Knight, Everdell, Too Many Bones, Barrage, The Crew, Mission Deep Sea, Viticulture, Essential Edition, Frost Haven, and Food and Shade Magnate. This is easy. I'm glad I'm no, going second, is, though. This is hard. Yeah, you're going to get the game you want. Oh, okay, good. Um, there are two games I want. Okay. There's 700 that I want. This is a max <laughs> dilemma here. The crew, Mission Deep Sea. It's, yeah, I'm between the crew and Frost and Haven. Mage Knight. And, yeah, off. Oh, yep, and Frost Haven. Damn it. There's three now. I think. Oh, I have to roll the die. What are you thinking of? You're thinking Food Chain Magnate and Too Many Bones, right? I am not thinking Food Chain Magnate. I'm thinking Everdell, Too, Too Many, Many Bones, Bones, Everdell, and Orleans. 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 Can we talk about some of the games? Like, are you guys surprised if Raj is up here or that? Um, Mage oh. Knight is still here. Not surprised about Mage Knight because I think there's a massive a solo bit. community for that. But I am surprised about Rush. I mean, Mage Knight, but there's so many solo games now. Kind of like I, I wonder if like Mage Knight is one of those games that is just so ingrained into the BGD. I think so. Community. It's going to be hard for it to it fall is. out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's here's like my never take on out. Barrage and why I'm surprised by it. So like the BGG list, as we have stated many a time, is that it does skew heavy and it skews games that like reward multiple plays in my time playing barrage i have found that the plays while heavy and the game is heavy and pretty well designed like there is a very op strategy and if you don't do it you're going to lose and it has nothing to do with making water which is the whole theme of the game it's building the buildings um and so that's why i'm surprised it kind of had that staying power uh i i thought more people would catch on and be like uh this you have to build and if you don't build then you're effed um i think it kind of you're kind of pigeonholed which is not common for these big euros usually it's like you have a little bit more of a sandbox sure yeah um but yeah that so that's i guess why it surprises me um why it's still this high i still like barrage okay um but i'm not taking it here uh i'm kind of surprising myself here i'm gonna take too many bones Mm. um not a game I would have probably even taken a month ago uh, at this spot. I, I Everdell and Root even might even be rated higher uh, in my if I was doing my top 100. But my past few plays of Too Many Boons have just been really fun. I've been having a great time like showing it off and playing it two-player um, and experiencing the different characters. And I feel like I'm starting to get a flow of how the baddies work and a flow of like the day. And it's just becoming a lot easier to play. Um, and it's actually kind of easy to teach too, because you can kind of just start playing and be like, "Hey, here's what yeah. you can do." Yeah, like the you, you don't start out with everything. Like you, it's so daunting when you see that huge sheet of like skills. But like when yeah. you kind of like reduce it back and like, oh, I only have two things I have to worry about. Mm-hmm. It makes just getting going and playing a lot easier. And that sh- that sheet is word vomit, but it is very good. Like it is very useful. Like you can find anything you want about your character on there. Yeah, for sure. The the aids make it infinitely easier. Uh, yeah, this one's obvious for me. I'm taking root. The only even remotely difficult decision would have been root and too many bones, and that's still not even that difficult of a decision. 
uh Root is the obvious one for me so i think kenny he wasn't going to take root so he gets something he's happy with too probably yeah i would not have taken root um so i have this decided i like orleans everdell or orleans sorry kyle um, you would have taken too <laughs> many you. bones i assume if it made it to you i would yeah i'd have probably taken yeah. too many bones but I, i'm looking at my list and i don't have an old dusty euro on here um and maybe I need an old S Euro to like make this like a real a BGG top yeah, 10 Yeah, to be list. a real gamer, you have to have yeah. one. Um, I don't think Viticulture is really an old S Euro. You, you do have Lords of Water Deep. But that's pretty light still. I think, so is you know what? Viticulture. Yeah, so I, I wouldn't go for light. Viticulture. It's not so, on. Yeah, but it's not it's like medium. heavy either. And I don't, like, I personally wouldn't. I've never played Raj and Food Chain Magnet is like a not thanks for me. Um, so I think I'm gonna actually pick Orleans. Yeah, I think it's yeah, great pick. I agree. Yeah, I think that's the all right. right so pick. I won the draft. Kenny <laughs> okay, <second>. okay. <laughs> Let's run it back real quick before we move on to our movies. <laughs> Kenny, what's your draft? Uh, I got Blood Rage, Arkham Horror, LCG, Lords Waterdeep, Sleeping Gods, Dune Imperium, and Orleans. And I got Crokinole, Nemesis, Clank, Lisboa, Ark Nova, and Root. And I got Anachrony, Brass Lancashire, The Voyages of Marco Polo, Kanban EV, TI4, and Too Many Bones. Let us know who you think won that draft. But let's get into the movie section here. We're going to do the same exact thing, but talk movies. So just like we did with the Dice Tower and the Board Game Geek Top 100 list, we're also going to briefly just compare and discuss the Letterboxd and the IMDb Top 100. I don't think we have uh, a lot to say about it necessarily, but the one thing that I mentioned before we started is that I think that the, uh, which we actually counted how many movies we'd seen on the Letterbox Top 100, and it's 31 for Kyle, 32 for Kenny, and 33 for me, which is odd. But uh, I was saying that the IMDb is more like uh, like Kyle's stuff, and that was mostly just a shot at Kyle, but it's not, it's not actually a shot at Kyle. Um, they just are like a little bit more like mainstream, and that's not anything, there's not anything like wrong with that, but... Uh, it is very American. The IMDb list is That's true. very American. Uh, but Harakiri's on here. Yeah. Oh, Harakiri's on there. Parasite's on there. It's got some things, for sure. Cinema, Cinema Paradiso. It's not entirely American, but you look at something like the Letterbox Top 100. The Out of the top 10, you have one, two, three, four, five, six foreign films in the top 10 of the letterbox top 100 whereas if you do imdb you have zero foreign films in the top 10 so i think it's just it's just it's just more american it's not anything like wrong with it there's still really really great movies on there um but it just it just skews one way uh, in comparison to the other i just counted the imdb top 100 to see how many i've seen and i double seen over 60 i've seen 60 yeah that doesn't surprise yeah. me. Yeah, I I I'd easily double as well. Like, and, I, that, I and that's a quick least. count. Like, it could be more or less. I just like scrolling really fast and. And I mean, like, there's like a. I think there's a discussion here of like, like, n- neither of these lists are invalid, right? No. Um, because I think like these are all, not all, but a lot of these are just great movies on the IMDb top list, and like these are the movies like people are actually gonna watch and are part of like culture. Um, not to say like the letterbox ones aren't, but like there's just a lot of like a ni- there's a lot there's a niche to the letterbox list that isn't present in the IMDb list. Like, like the letterbox list is obviously for just cinephiles and yeah, it's like Criterion and 
yeah and max i mean you make a great point with like the foreign movies like it does like open up that and there's some foreign movies on the imdb top 100 but yeah it's definitely more like popcorn pop culture stuff like seven being on here right and interstellar it's like yeah it's definitely like bigger more mainstream movies which i do trend towards um so are we having second thoughts about which one we're drafting from I'm fine with whatever. See, I, I do like the idea of drafting from the letterbox just because we use letterbox. I mean, that's fine with me. I like letterbox, and that's what we started anyways. But I, It might be interesting just because, like, the, I think the decision space will be hard on letterbox yeah, for, for us. Sure. Just because, there's, yeah, we're more familiar with the IMDb list, so there's just more availability, so. Uh, like uh, maybe it's, it'll be aspirational, like, oh, let's, let's pick this one movie that I hear is good, but I've never watched, yeah, you know? sure. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yeah, I can. Yeah, I'll just, if there's uh, 10 that I don't know any, I'll be like, oh, this one does sound interesting and it is on my watch list. I, uh, now, Kyle, games. you went last in our other list. What, where would you like to draft from in this list? I'd like to go first. You'd like to go first in this list. Uh, so we'll just keep the same order. I mean, flip flopped the snake order. So it'll go uh, Kyle, Max, Kenny in, in the movies yep. list. So give us a die roll here and tell us where we're starting. The first number is five. Okay, so we're going to be so doing 50 to 59. 50 59. And that's on the letterbox list. That is Fanny and Alexander, Paris, Texas, The Human Condition Part 2, Do the Right Thing, <laughs> Old Boy, oh, no. Perfect Blue, Incendies, <laughs> Barry Lyndon, It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, thank God. The Cranes Are Flying. <laughs> Dude, this is an incredible what? section of movies. I know you this all is are hard memeing. For Max. This is great. This is hard for I, Max, easy for Kyle. I'm taking it to Wonderful Life. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I like. Okay, this, have you heard of Fanny and Alexander, Max? Yeah, I've heard of it. I've never familiar? seen it, but yeah, I've heard of it. What about the cranes are flying? No, never heard of the cranes are flying. Or incendies? No, never heard of incendies. The rest I all have though. So the cranes are flying and incendies are the two that I've not heard of. You should take one. Oh, incendies is a Denis Villeneuve, Denis Villeneuve movie. 2010. I, I, believe, I believe it's Dennis Villanova. Oh my god, stop. Um. <laughs> yeah, Dennis Villanova. No, I actually, so there's three movies on this list that I love. Um, and one that I really like. The one that I really like is Do the Right Thing. Uh, the three that I really love would be Barry Lyndon, Old Boy, and Perfect Blue. Man, those are all fantastic. I mean, the smart thing to do is take Perfect Blue because I know that that screws Kenny over as well. I mean, maybe not. Maybe he's thinking, maybe he wants to go old boy or something else. I have no idea what Kenny feels about these movies. He loves Fanny um, Alexander. I just really <laughs> love three of these movies. I'm a huge, like all three of these have oh. at least a four and a half for me. Fanny Alexander's Ingmar Bergman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This list is Max going to be hemming and hawing about how he loves all, all these movies. Yeah, you're probably <laughs> right. We should really... We should have really hemmed and hawed more about these uh, about the games. Yeah, you should have. I was the one that hemmed and hawed the most about the games too. <laughs> no, yeah, you were yeah. like, so, "Oh, Lisboa, I think it's going to be good." What you're saying is, I'm just a him and a I'm an a him and a hominer. Is that what we're saying here? <laughs> yeah, that's actually. Okay. Uh, it's got to be Perfect Blue. I got to take. I I love Barry Lyndon. I love Old Boy, but Perfect Blue is probably the one that speaks to me the most. <sighs> I would have picked Perfect Blue, but I had the choice. Um, yeah. I, cause I saw, I just saw Perfect Blue and I really liked yeah, it's, it. Um, so good. So. 
I do like, um, was that the movie that you're like, hey, um, Kenny, would Kyle like yeah, Perfect Blue? Because, After all of the times we've talked about. Well, yeah, but I was, now that someone else had seen it, I wanted another opinion. Yeah. No, I got so, you. I got you. I just watched another Satoshi Kon movie called The Millennium Actress, but like, he is a director that was in, in 90s anime, but does not reflect 90s anime. Like, it does not reflect the tropes of the genre. It does not reflect the style of the genre. Like, you look at the way these are animated, and it just looks like like a, a fairly normal movie. Like, it's not overly stylized say, in any way, shape, or form. You've talked about Perfect Blue before, mm-hmm. and that is one that, like, the plot interested me. It's it's fantastic. It's, I love it. I love Perfect Blue. But I also love Barry Lyndon and Old Boy. So this is a tough one for me. But what are you taking, Kenny? Um, I'm going to pick... I'm going to skew towards a movie I've seen before, um, and I'm going to pick Do the Right Thing. Um, Great movie. Yeah, this it's a movie, a Spike Lee movie, kind of about, man, it's been a while since I've seen it, about... about uh, racial injustice. In, racial injustice during, like, a summer in it's, New yeah, York. It's, it's hot. It's hot. very hot. And it's, it's a movie that kind of evokes the feeling of, like, being in the city in a summer day, mm-hmm. and it... it yeah, I think it has really great performances. It sometimes feels like a play yeah, more than a movie. That's a good way to describe but, it. But but there in it's place it's a movie that goes places and like um has something to say. Yeah, young young Samuel L. Jackson as well. Yeah, true. Yeah. No, do the right thing. He's never good. been young. Uh the <laughs> Jeff and Jamie absolutely hated this movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I picked it for a list I, without having seen it myself. I, I still liked it, but <laughs> It did not go over nearly as well as I thought it would. <laughs> yeah, and I think like I, I think stylistically, or just like in terms of like how the movie can feel, I can feel like why could people could bounce off mm-hmm. of it. But um, I, I really liked it, and I think it's like sharp dialogue and um, interesting characters and interesting motivations for the characters that you kind of have to like. You kind of have to kind of reflect upon yeah. to like you know get them get get something out of it. So, so. have you not seen Old Boy? I've not seen Old Boy. Really, um, I. I, I'm that's on my list to watch pretty soon. Okay, yeah. I just I out of the movies that I haven't seen on this list, like I I would like to watch Old Boy, Paris Texas. Yeah, Paris Texas is on uh, my list too. And I'm actually curious about Barry Lyndon because you keep talking about it. Um, I don't. But, it's one that I'd really like you all to see because I'm really curious what you would think about it. I'm not sure if it's a a movie that you all would like because it is like a long movie, but it's just like all it's a it's it's freaking stunning. It is gorgeous. It's Kubrick, and it's like every. He basically wanted the lighting to be as naturalistic as possible, so every shot that is inside a room is candlelit, like it's 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 lit by candle and shot that way. Like he didn't use any kind of like lighting to artificial lighting to to bolster it up, and it's just really great. I it's it's a story of one man only, but it's fantastic. Um, are there any explosions in the movie? Uh, there's some gunshots. <laughs> what okay. about driving? I don't know. Uh, there's they're like they ride horses and carriages, and there's some scenes about them. Are there are there boobs? Oh, there's boobs for sure. Oh, yeah, great. dude, there's boobs. Love it. We we have we have talked about Barry Lyndon. No, much. you should watch I think it. It's time to move on. The next number is forty. Oh yes. Oh yes. What? So I hell? I get this one right. Yes, Kitty starts with this one. Hold on, yeah, the, rally them off into the Spider Verse. Latrue, oh, yeah. okay. Andre Rublev, Persona, Handmaiden, Close Up, Mishima, Memories of Murder, In the Mood for Love, Empire Strikes Back. 
Thank Christ there's a third one. Yeah, there's, 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 there's three. There's three for Kyle. This is... I, I, I find it hilarious how just excited Max is getting. Um, You're about to hate draft it from me anyways. Well, I like guess two. There's you like in the mood for love and the handmaid. Yeah. Right? And Empire Strikes yeah. Back and Persona and Into the Spider-Verse. You don't like those movies. I'm going to pick Empire Strikes okay. Back. Of course I am. Of course. Okay. Empire Strikes Back. And I'm, I'm doing this nice for uh, Kyle. Cause this, remember this, Kyle. I got you, Kenny. We're about to trade. <laughs> I mean, you're going to get Spider-Verse, right, Kyle? Yeah, I'm going to get Spider-Verse. there's no chance I'm not drafting the Handmaiden. Yeah. I love no, Spider-Verse. I love In the Mood for Love, but there's zero chance I'm not drafting I was the just Handmaiden. taking whichever one Kenny didn't take. Right. I was like, is he, if he takes Spider-Verse, I'm taking Empire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the Pretty easiest section fight. we could have had, I think. But what what are some of these movies? Let true? I don't what know anything that? about that one. Yeah, Andrew, oh, man. This, so, Max... How did Kenny know you liked In the Mood for Love? I've never heard you talk about In the Mood for Love. Yeah, I talked about it not not that long ago, even. Yeah, it's a good movie. I like it a lot. Was I on the... Uh, Memories of Murder is one that's... Uh, it's another Bong Joon-ho film. It's I actually own it physically, but I haven't watched it yet. But apparently it's it's uh, akin to Seven. So I'm really excited to check that out. Persona's really good. That's Ingmar an- Bergman... Memories of Murder was the one that me and Megan almost watched, and then she found out it was subtitled. Oh, yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, I'm like really hyped to watch this, yeah. this movie, and she's like, no, I can't do it. Yeah, I don't know she's much like, oh, about yeah. uh, Latrau or Andre Rublev, however you say it. I don't, I don't know enough about those, but Mishima looks cool. Uh, yeah, I like how, how does Mishima look cool? What is that? I mean, it's a life in four chapters. Sounds cool. It's Paul Schrader. Oh, Paul Schrader. No, okay. Paul Schrader makes good movies. First Reformed, uh, what's the other one? Uh, shoot, uh, what's the other Paul Schrader movie? The, the very Blue Collar, that's the one. Is that the dude from The Tonight Show? I have no idea. Probably. You mean, I think you mean Paul or, Schneider, right? No, I'm thinking of Rob Paul Schneider. Schneider. Rob Schneider, yeah, the animal. Rob Schneider. Oh, you're talking about what he's saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, Paul Schrader, I, I mean, I've not, I've not seen any of his, but I've heard First Reformed, Meet a Blue Collar, and Master Gardener are all really good. Uh, so they've been like on my list, but just haven't got to them or anything. Guys, okay, Max. Um, I have this industrial hey, you asked me. thing. <laughs> M and M's. Yeah, and I really wanted to eat them, but I don't want to crunch into the mic. Yeah, you got to wait another twenty minutes. I know. I love peanut M and M's. They're the Next best. Next number is in? nine. Ninety. Next number is nine. The ninety through ninety-nine. She's a beauty. That number nine. So here we have oh Kyle starts with Inglorious Bastards. Where is the Friend's House? All about Eve, Wild Strawberries, The Silence of the Lambs, No Country for Old Men, Nobody Knows, Witness for the Prosecution, Psycho, Life is Beautiful, and M. I mean okay. Kyle, there's no question, right? There's some banging movies on here. Is though. there? Because I've not seen any of these except for Psycho. Okay. Oh, I've seen Inglorious Bastards, but you're gonna take it. I like Psycho. I like M. I like New Country for Old Men. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of The Silence of the Lambs, but it's well beloved. Uh, but yeah, I'm taking Inglorious Bastards. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's in my top five of all time. Is it really? I gotta take Bastards. Yeah, definitely. See, we gotta do. Why have we been doing the podcast for almost a year? We don't even have like a top ten list. I'm pretty sure Bastards is even listed on my like letterbox profile, in, like my top. Four. I don't think it is. Oh no, it's not. Oh, I. I t- put the sandlot there instead yeah. so it's number five okay. 
Um, this is actually a really bad section for me. I have not seen any of these except for Inglorious Bastards and Psycho. And Psycho, I think, is okay. I think it's pretty good, but a little overrated, in my opinion. Um, I think you would love No Country for Old Men. And I think you would love M as well. Both of those movies are Silence of the Lambs good. is another one that I'm tossing mm, around. You, you might. You would, I think you would like it more than me, but I don't think you would be, like, be in love with it. Yeah. Yeah, this one's tough, not because it they're all good, but because I just I don't I don't know here. Uh I think I'm probably just gonna stick with what I know and I am gonna take Psycho. I do like that movie. It's not it's not my favorite, but I like it. So that's what we're gonna go with is Psycho. So in this segment I've just seen like about almost half. Um Really? But I mm-hmm, I've seen Inglorious Pastor, yeah, Silence of the Lambs. I guess no Silence of the Lambs and No Country are, are very famous movies. I've just not seen them. Yeah. Um, I th- I'm going to pick No Country for Old Men. I, I like, uh, it's like a deeply dark and depressing movie, but yeah, it's terrifying too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think it's, I think it's like, I think it was, especially for the time, it just kind of bucked, um, what I, what I expected out of the movie so much that it, it was really effective. Um, it's Coen brothers, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's based off of a, uh, a, a book by, I forget, I'm blanking on his name, but he did The Road as well. So. Um, just you know, it's not. These are not a not an uplifting movie, but it's uh, definitely a a good, a good one. one for sure. Yeah, it's well performed. All right, Kenny, you go first. Pick what's our next segment? The next number is six. Six. All right, so six is once upon a time in the West, Lord of the Rings, the Two Towers, a woman under the influence. It's such a beautiful day. The red shoes, the Battle of Algiers, rear window. Sancho, the bailiff, the ascent, and Princess Mononoke. You know what I'm actually surprised about? Why I'm I'm surprised that Two Towers is above Fellowship. I was about to say, yeah, I agree. That's, that's wild. I, that's that I think. Surprising. I I think we prefer Fellowship more than the general populace, though. Maybe so. Yeah. There's something about like the 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 first movie in a series, like. I know that Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone is not nearly as good of a movie as some of the later ones, but there's just like something yeah, like comforting. It's a comfort movie, like something magical about like before the chaos ensues, before the threat is revealed. It's just like you it's get to so, be there. Yeah, it's it's so uh, I don't even know what the word. Uh, it's almost like welcoming. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a great way to put it. There's like no chaos. It's innocent. Yeah. Like you get to discover magic in Harry Potter and you get to discover the the Shire and the ring in Lord of the Rings and there's no like antagonist yet. I mean, there is in the movie, but like you spend a, a half of the movie without that kind of. So, I like them better. Boy, these are, I'm so glad I'm going first. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're taking the two towers? <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. What, I don't even, I've never heard any of these movies. So, for me... I think I know what I've got to take, but uh, The Red Shoes has been on my watch list for a long time. It's actually uh, Martin Scorsese's favorite movie of all time. Now, I've never seen it, but it just is very critically acclaimed. Uh, It's about a dancer. But uh, A Woman Under the Influence is another one that I've had on the watch list for a while. But for me, ultimately, it's coming down to Princess Mononoke or Rear Window. Now, it's been a long time since I've seen Rear Window, but (laughs) I remember like, what? What are you laughing at? No, I, I'm just thinking now, Kyle, we made a mistake by drafting off the letterbox list. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. 
we really got we really put ourselves behind the eight ball on this one. <laughs> I I remember uh, we could be choosing between like seven and Interstellar. And <laughs> yeah, you all I offered, and you all declared and, like that you- Infinity War and in uh, game. Hey, those are in the letterbox top two hundred or top one hundred. <laughs> Are they are they in the top one hundred? I just thought you know, you know what this not. this was a gift to Max. I yeah, offered <laughs> no happy. B-day. Okay, I'm I'm wrong. There is no Marvel movie other than other than like Spider Verse uh, in the top one hundred. So um, I literally offered before this list started. I said, "Are we having second I, thoughts I about which one we're picking?" So you can blame this one all on yourself. Uh, I will be taking uh, Princess Mononoke. I thought I was gonna have to take an anime. That was close. <laughs> that was real close. <laughs> All right. So I have not seen any of the movies left, but I'm gonna take the movie that is has interested me for a long time. Um, I like Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. I'm gonna take Rear Window. It's good. Rear Window is a good movie. I, I do think I would. I do think I'd like Rear Window quite a bit. Yeah. I think that's a solid pick. I mean, that's that was it was between that for me as well. I've not seen the others. It, the the sixty two through sixty four woman under the influence. It's such a beautiful day, and the red shoes are all very intriguing to me. I just haven't gotten around to them. All right, uh, it rolled again. The number is one. Oh, all right, let's go. Boys. Wait, so that's that is eleven. One through, or is it? Uh, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah, so it's eleven through twenty. I mean, I'm sorry, ten through nineteen holy cow i mean you know what you're taking kyle don't even worry about it yeah that's true there's some great movies on this um list. i do not like the good the bad and the ugly that movie is so fucking boring oh you gave God. it like you, a you one the... on letterboxd yeah i did i'll give it a one again <laughs> you should run through the movies yeah on the list. so the movies on the list is the human condition part three and part one. Oh no i'm sorry that's that's number 20 disregard me the Human Condition Part 3, Yi Yi, City of God, Schindler's List, Ikiru, Lahane, Ran, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, A Brighter Summer Day, and Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Okay. Well, I am really interested in Schindler's List. Um, I think that's on our letter list, our A to Z list. I believe it is as well, um, yeah. I, I have not seen it, but I'm looking forward to that one quite a bit. But I'm taking Return of the King. You love Lord of the Rings. still haven't seen Ran, have you? I have not. Okay, yeah. It's one of the last ones on the yeah. list. And I'm guessing I would take Lord of the Ring over Oh, it, for sure. There's that's just me. No chance <laughs> he wouldn't, guessing. I don't think. But I think uh, I think Kenny will be quite happy with what he gets <laughs> here as a leftover. Um, but yeah, there are a lot of good movies on this list. Lahane is very good. Ran is very good. I want to see Akiru. I think I'd really like Akiru. But the one that I have seen and loved the most is Edward Yang's Yi Yi. So that is the number 11 movie and a pretty easy pick for me. I do like the other ones, but that one is one of my favorites. What is Kenny taken? Ran. Oh, yeah. He did like Ran okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So I, didn't, I didn't mean to spoil it. <laughs> Kyle asked and I was like, nah, he's finally taking Ran. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I, it's been so long, so long since I've seen like Schindler's List that, and I don't know, that's such a. Yeah, it's not really one you want to rewatch. Dark. <laughs> Yeah, man. No, thanks. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed Ran. Um, so I pick take. That. I want to see City of God, and I think it might be on our upcoming list. Maybe is that the one that Jeff, Jeff likes loves a lot? City of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I saw it years and like years ago, but I do not remember yeah. anything about it. So 
I'm very much looking forward to it, but I just haven't got around to it yet. And Akiru is another one. I definitely recommend everyone check out Lahane. I think Lahane is fantastic. Um, but Akiru is one that I've wanted to watch for a long time. It's a bit daunting just because it's 1952, black and white, pretty pretty long. But uh, it is Akira Kurosawa. So, all right, and our last number here is number seven. Seventies, eh? Oh, this is not good. This is not good for anyone except for Kenny, <laughs> <laughs> and he's gonna get two. So the the movies from seventy to seventy nine are Sherlock Junior, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring, A Separation, San Tantango, The Pianist, One Flew <laughs> Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Love Exposure, Knights of Kiberia, Scenes from a Marriage, and Before Sunset. What are some of these movies? My God, Scenes from a Marriage is Bergman too. Yeah, it is Bergman. Yeah, I don't know, huh. man. I'm gonna take one, um, but it's not because whose pick is it? It's it's Kenny's, and it's obvious what he's taking. Um, no, yeah. he's not taking it. He hates it. No, he's not. You, hmm. Before sunset, right? There's, but you know, a movie I I do love on this list. I've I've talked before, and that's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Really, I really want to watch. I've it. Never seen it. Yeah. It's on Netflix. It's uh, it's what's um, his name, right? Jack Nicholson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jack Nicholson now or 1974? 1975. That's from Billy. That's from you know Billy what? Madison. I'm, I'm going to pick that. <gasps> yeah. <gasps> for variety's sake, I'm going to pick uh, one for the You know what? I, I, do not, I do not blame you because variety's sake, that, that makes sense. I don't, I don't blame you at okay. all. Okay. Now I'm happy with whatever I get stuck with here. Aren't you? Yeah. What was the other? What's the other? Uh, so I mean, you know what I'm taking. I'm taking Lord of the Rings. But what you you were gonna take the pianist? Oh, then? then I'll take the then I'll take the pianist. Yeah, okay. I I really I love the pianist. No, the pianist is very good. It's just not one that like <laughs> I would much rather watch Lord of the Rings over and over than watch the pianist over and over. Yeah. We'll talk I, about we'll talk about the yeah. I mean for sure I would have I would have preferred the Fellowship, but um, we'll talk about the pianist more in a couple weeks. I do think it dragged a little bit in the middle. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, but man, that, that movie was so powerful to yeah. me. Uh, the beginning really sat with me for a, a while, like the rest of the day. So yeah, I, I enjoyed the pianist quite a bit. I do find it funny. Roman Polanski, I, though. Yeah, bad guy. for sure. <laughs> I do find it funny that we missed out on the 20s, uh, which has so many popular movies. <laughs> such a spirited way across the spider-verse the dark knight goodfellas end of evangelion like everyone would have been happy with whatever they got there and we didn't get that at all this has been an interesting romp through the letterbox top 100 because like my god i, I have no idea what some of these movies are and i just it, it is such like an interesting look at like what letterbox users value because well, yeah for, I, definitely yeah. yeah, it's a it's a it's a nice dichotomy from the IMDb list, where it's just yeah. like very different. Yeah, and like I I so like you know the BGD top 100 like it's kind of aspirational. Like I think a lot of people will try to watch those movies. And I I like play those games and like I felt that way too. Like oh, I like to play all the BGD top 100. I would have to like really put an effort to actually watch like the Letterbox top one hundred. I think Max would have to like pick them for my list, like for the yeah. list for me to like watch them. Wow, which he might, I might, which he might, you might just go through. Them. I might, I, yeah. This is so there are probably a dozen movies on this list where I'm like, ugh, 
I really don't know that I have that much of an interest in watching, like, for example, The Human Condition Parts 1, 2, and 3. Now, I know that is Masaki Kobayashi, who did Harakiri. So, like, he's obviously a good director. But, like, each of those are, like, three hours long. And there's, like, a part one, two, and three. And so, like, those are things that I'm just like, man, I really don't know how I feel about that. But for the most part, yeah. I mean, like, Tokyo Story, The Apartment, the Fanny and Alexander. Like, sure, like, Latrue and Andre Rublev are kind of, like, daunting. But I'll still, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to check them out. There are only probably a dozen on this list that I'm really daunted by, I think. But, yeah, maybe I'll just have to pick them all. I would like you all to see City Lights. Uh, that's number 86. That is the uh, Charlie Chaplin silent movie. I, I actually really liked it. This is, it sounds like oh, I will love it. I don't know. I <laughs> No, okay. I am i don't know, man. Like, it's really funny. I could listen to it. Like, it's silent. I could listen to a podcast oh, and stuff while I'm watching. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, Kyle, you never fail to disappoint me. <laughs> Oh boy, he sounds like such a, a film snob there, Max. No, I Oh Kyle. I'm not being snobby you about the want. film. I'm being snobby about Kyle's response. <laughs> That's for sure. I don't know. All right, Kyle. But I've oh, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed watching you uh squirm as a going, Oh look at all these foreign films I haven't watched that I or that I have watched <laughs> that I can uh I, how can I pick world. from all these? I got to snake one of these from Kyle and Kim. I almost <laughs> picked Love Exposure there, um, but you took you took one flew over the cuckoo's nest and left me with Lord of the Rings, so I had to take that. No chance, I'm not taking that. But uh, anyways, Kyle, what's your list? Uh, my list is It's a Wonderful Life, Into the Spider Verse, Inglorious Bastards, Rear Window, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, and The Pianist. I have Perfect Blue, The Handmaiden. Psycho, Princess Mononoke, Yee Yee, and Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring. And I have Do the Right Thing, Empire Strikes Back, No Country for Old Men, Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, Ran, and One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. It is interesting because Kenny has one foreign film, I have four foreign films, and Kyle has half of a foreign film. Uh, well, I guess maybe one whole one if you include The Pianist and Inglorious Bastards. Like, yep. is that that's like yep. a whole and Lord of the Rings, like Middle Earth is pretty boring. okay. All right, thanks for listening <laughs> to the Board Game Box Office Podcast. Don't forget to leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on, whether that be Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you have it. Those five star reviews really help us out, get us pushed out into to more audiences because we want to make good content for you, but we want to have a bigger audience so we can make even bigger and better content for you all. So, thanks for listening, everybody, and we appreciate you for everything you do. And as always, let's get out of here.